Welcome to episode 329 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my heroic co-hosts, Peter and Jake. <laughs> Peter 1 and Peter 2. No, um, <laughs> this is the uh, Nitro Boosted edition of the cast. Um, I don't mean like like formula one i mean like guinness in that there i'm surrounded by little tiny bubbles tiny bubbles like the uh, you have a like the do you also have a small plastic ball inside you to, yes to stir up the bubbles yeah like the pepsi can the yeah, thing that pepsi totally did first totally Every, everybody nitrogen. wants everybody wants a smooth cola right a real smooth, almost creamy. You want? They were one Cream, step away from adding milk to this cola. bitch. Creamed cola. Well, I mean, ice cream floats are a thing, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's Kurt a similar that to me last concept. Week. Almond yeah. milk and cola for those lactose intolerant folk out there. Ooh. That's what you want, right? <laughs> right. Ooh, uh, Col- mean... Coloretto. Is that the is that the new flavor Coloretto? Where it's like amaretto and Coke? You know, it probably wouldn't be too far off from like vanilla Coke. Just like less vanilla, more more nut. More nut. <laughs> more nut. Uh, I've always said macadamia. Soda nut. needs more nut. And that's, uh, that's Jake's motto. I think that's on his uh his family crest. Yeah, his, people, Italian, his Italian family crest. I've oh, seen cool. it. Cola I'm known uh, cola meat needs more nut and just tea and peas around. And, you know, sometimes people are yelling at me through Walmart, you know, as I'm walking down the soda aisle saying this needs more nut. And I'm just I'm I'm running from aisle to aisle, you know, grabbing the bags and nuts and throwing them at the cans. And, you know, I, I get kicked out pretty fast, uh, but I do it late. To where the only employees there are the the stockers, you know, when they're when they're mm-hmm. going down the aisle with like dangerous forklifts and not like no cause of concern for the safety and well being of the of the patrons, they just kind of they sneak up on you behind you with their pail and their their mm. pods in and they're just mm. it's uh that's the new reboot of supermarket sweep, yeah. <laughs> Love supermarket sweep. Man, Walmart's just a Sebastian of our economy. One wonderful. Anyways, we're coming at you live as always, like we've done every single fucking time from that fucking little palace at the top of that stick in Dragon Ball Z, where God lives. You know, it's it's the great Benoit ball in the sky. (laughs) It's a big palace. It's just on a. uh, It's got uh, a flare. It's the Earth's butt plug. It's got a flared base, but we're just you know it's facing out of the Earth, so it's kind of upside down to us. How that thing stay up? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, this is the UK version, where they're they're they scarf down jelly eel and (laughs) and have to spend every other episode saying, Kakarot. You must save the queen again. It's the fucking is the senzu bean part of a full English breakfast? 
Yeah. We got pork I, and senzu beans. Sensu biscuits. Sensu biscuits. It's a little cookie. And uh, Majin Buu is just like an American hick. Ironically, the frequency of Curry's appearance in the show does not change at all. Those yeah. fucking Britain. Those fucking. <laughs> Those skippy British boys, they love their curry. Well, I mean, there there must have been some reason they decided to invade and hold on to India for so many years. God damn, we've been using salt and pepper. What's this cumin? Coriander, you say? What coriander is that? What? Coriander dog? Coriander, coriander hardly house? Know her. Wait, Corey, is there? There's the Kami's lookout. What's yeah. this thing mm-hmm. on a stick? Uh, that would be Corn's Tower. <clears throat> what? They're two different places. Yes, I thought they were both on a stick. I thought it was just. I thought they were on the same one. Yeah, to be I thought fair, it was just no, repetitive. Kami's lookout floats above Corn's Tower. Okay, like, that's what it was. I was wait, oh, really? I remember, like, I remember in Dragon Ball, like, he had to climb up and he got, like, halfway up in Korin's Tower. And he's like, you're never going to get up farther than this. He's he like, the fuck you, pole. I'm Goku. Yeah. <laughs> I'm self-insert since I was five. Korin's Tower. Yeah. There it is. Why y'all trying to doubt my knowledge? <laughs> Well, why didn't, um, go, why, I did, see... why didn't Goku just sit on his stick and he went power pull extend? He would have gotten there easy. Um, is that not how he did it? I thought he jumped. I seem to remember him using the power pole to essentially pole vault. We need to we need to research this. This is this is more important than you think because Dragon Ball Super Superhero, the movie we watched this week, had more to do with OGDB. Corin Tower Summit is connected to the lookout via the power pole. First get to Kami Lookout. Otherwise known as Rush. A lot of shit happened here. There's a hyperbolic time chamber. We're gonna we're gonna tour all of these later. We just showed up a little while ago and we had to say we gotta record uh, the cat, you know, ushered us up to the to the lookout, um, gave us some beans. Uh, so now we're really powerful. Um, beans. It's no, been yep, a long there it trip. Is. They, he's doing it. He just didn't sit on it. They weren't ready for that yet. <laughs> he came back and he told Toriyama, you know, you guys don't love it, but your kids will love it. <laughs> you guys weren't ready for that, but your kids will love it. I actually watched that movie. Yesterday, it's it's great. Of, of so it's right on that that precipice. Is the power pole still there? I, I, ostensibly, I'm pretty sure it's like holding up a, a like curtain. It's like a curtain rod in Chi-Chi's house at this point. I have to imagine. That's funny. Let me see. Where? Yeah. What the fuck happened? No. To is Nimbus? it still? Is it still? Yeah. There, there's a lot of unanswered questions there, yeah. that I had. With this. And they even reminded us of Nimbus in the opening thingy. The Marvel credits of Dragon Ball. Well, I mean, I, hear, so. I, I just think they don't 
need Nimbus anymore. <laughs> just outgrew its usefulness. Oh, so it's just fucking fly. hanging around. Hey, he released he only, it like he it was a Pokemon. Used, yeah, he only used Nimbus because he didn't know how to fly. Hey, chat, let's get Fs in the chat, everybody. Let's get... Or, uh, or maybe at the time, flying on Nimbus was faster, but as he grew stronger, he grew faster as well. Hey, everybody spam L in the chat for Nimbus. Always remember, rip. We're not live. Rim. Nobody's in chat. Rimbus. We're in chat. Rimbus Bimbus on my Nimbus. Um, tray um, watch. Just to just to move it, because we got yeah, so many I, trailers. I think we were I just. Guess. I think I was just trying to run from it. I was in denial. Yeah, honestly. The, just a lot of trailers dropping this week. Mercifully, many of them were on the shorter side. However, it's still, uh, it's still so much. Mm-hmm. They can't. I think some some of these folks are finally figuring out how to make a trailer that isn't a short movie, um, and it's yeah. great. Some some, it, however, it still is. they still don't. Yeah, um, the technique has not been uh, mass mass uh, distributed yet. No. Um, where where do you want to start? We're in this fucking plethora. Um. We're not, starting, I, I we're not starting with Lou. I, I don't have anything against it. It's just it's the first okay. one, and that's what that's well, just what they'll I wouldn't want to confess anything, but I'll confess to Fletch. Fletch. The- yeah, I did not have Fletch reboot remake requel question mark. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, this is a thing. That's what yeah, surprised so me too. I did not realize Fletch, that Fletch was like Chevy Chase's first feature film role i think oh that was in a fucking yeah that was in a, a trivia question the other week i i remember it only because in the early days of netflix streaming it was like one of 35 movies on it <laughs> and i watched it <laughs> now it's gone the distance and uh and i guess john ham is the successor to chevy chase did not yeah. expect that. Um, I mean, he has good comedy chops. I've seen him in plenty of humorous roles, and he he can bring it. Um, I uh, it's he's certainly not like the same kind of character. He's, or at least, it yeah, he's not feel. as uh, Chevy Chase as Chevy Chase was, but. You know, very few people can be as Chevy Chase as Chevy Chase Mm -hmm. was. And a lot of people, if you ask them, would have preferred that Chevy Chase was not quite as Chevy Chase as he was. (laughs) When are they going to make the biopic that's just chasing Chevy? I think they are making a Chevy Chase biopic, and Joel McHale is going to play Chevy Chase. Oh, my God. That'd be actually pretty amazing. I remember this because I was watching a podcast appearance of Joel McHale it popped up in my YouTube recommended videos somehow and um, I was watching it and he said they were talking about Chevy Chase on community and how he kind of made it a not so fun place to be at times mm-hmm. and um, Joel McHale had said that the last time he talked to Chevy was when he called him to let him know that he'd be playing him mm. in this upcoming movie <laughs> I just typed I, in um, uh, Chevy Chase biopic, and um, I don't think this is the same one, 
Oh, uh, well, there are multiple Chevy Chase biopics. A, a futile and stupid gesture. Is that um? I wait, don't remember Joel? the name. It says Joel McHale is Chevy Chase. Yeah. So. I oh, guess. maybe this is it. So, in the 1970s and 80s, National Lampoon's success and influence creates a new media empire overseen in part by the brilliant and troubled Douglas Kenny. Oh, Douglas Kenny was, I believe, a producer or Mm. a writer. He was, like, instrumental in, uh, like, getting Caddyshack made and that sort of... Yeah, Will Forte plays uh, Douglas Kenny. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? They have him. They have him listed as somewhere. Sorry, dead air. <laughs> Kill uh, the air. We were we were all waiting for you. Waiting on. <laughs> Someone read J- Joe McHale's uh, IMDb page, and I guess he's rumored to be Johnny Cage in an upcoming Mortal Kombat sequel. The oh. next. The- <laughs> Is it is it a sequel to the Mortal Kombat that we got last year? I would assume so. I yeah, Mortal Kombat tell. 2. It says announced. Oh, uh, yeah, Johnny but Cage. But they already had a Johnny Cage. Didn't they? No. They specifically didn't have Johnny Cage. They had their original character, Please Don't Steal. Oh, right. Mr. Mr. Arm. Arm things. Right? I that, think he got armor. I think that was his power. Literal arm, arm or. I I, that's why I remember, like too. it grew on his arms or some shit. It was on his arm, but it was also on his chest. It was his whole upper body. That's right. He skipped leg day. Um, that's all. That's about all I remember of of that film. What a what a letdown. Um, there's nothing to do with this this movie. Uh, no. Um, well, is I there mean, anything notable upon... to talk about in this trailer? It, uh, it's like a murder who done it. Really. It's like a murder who done it comedy. Um, it's got a and... cat. Are you saying, Jake, that it is a cast of quirky characters? I would say so. With with irregular uh, person, some might say idiosyncratic traits. They've got a solid um, comedic chop. Not, you know, more than one. I would say. More I want to see someone's chop. comedy chops where it's just they do comedy karate. I don't know what that looks like, but I, I want to see just, someone's laugh kata. I feel like it's just like jokes, like out of a joke book, but punctuated with karate chops. I thought comedy chops were like pork chops, so they were a part of the comedian. So I thought comedy chops were like comical mutton chops. Yeah, Ooh. that too. I was thinking Ooh. jowls, somewhere in the jowl area. You know, I would. You know, I I might pay money to go to to like a comedy like a comedy judo session where I, where they tell you an anecdote about like their last Uber trip and then they put you in a in an omoplata. Um, there's a king for everybody. Your smile muscles. Confess Fletch hits or is releasing. I don't know if it's going to theaters. September 16th. Yeah, so I don't Speaking really have of... much hmm? to say on that. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of secret comedy roles, um, Adam Driver in White Noise. <laughs> I can't Looking help more like laugh. Adam Driver. I did not know this was Adam Driver in the beginning, and how dare they do whatever the fuck they did to his hairline. Did they artificially recede it? They hit him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. They hit him with the modern a a bald cap and a wig. (laughs) I hope so. Don't do that to my man. Don't do that to my my baby driver. (laughs) My baby driver. Or maybe this is his real hairline. And this he is just, who he's always know, wears, been. Wears, wears a wig in every other interview and, and role. I can't wait till the memes start pouring out of whatever scene, specific scene, somebody found him to be funny in. Oh, yeah. Like, this. this is this looks as meme-worthy as, um, I just had sex, I'm about to eat nachos. I'm about to eat nachos. I mean, there's already one, honestly, in the trailer that I would consider... Uh, you know, here I got. Let me let me let me snip and sketch this little bitty. Oh, this is. I need to read this. This is the most like over the top fucking synopsis I've ever read from one of these trailers. At once hilarious and horrifying, lyrical and absurd, ordinary and apocalyptic, white noise dramatizes a contemporary American family's attempt to deal with mundane conflicts of everyday life while grappling with the universal mysteries of love, death, and the possibility of happiness in an uncertain world. Based on the book by Don DeLillo. DeLillo. Don DeLillo. Don DeLillo. Dom DeLuise DeLillo. Written for the scene and directed... Written for the screen and directed by Noah Baumbach. Produced by Noah Baumbach, PGA, and David Hyman, PGA. Produced by Yuri Singer. I see. Um, what? Okay. What does that tell me about the movie? <laughs> well, I'll. <laughs> nice one, Jake. Excellent. I'm a, I'm a meme. Work. I'm a meme connoisseur. I mm. make my own. I make them fresh. <laughs> that's that's why your camera can't focus on you. It doesn't want to look you in the eye. It bugged out. <laughs> it said that meme was too good. It took processing power to make that one. Oh, oh, oh I'm looking at the Wikipedia for this for this novel, the novel upon which this is based. Um, this is based. For later trailer. <laughs> based. Like, so this is, I guess... It's a postmodern book, which which makes sense with the disjointed nature of this trailer. Yuck. Um Said it a bit. I love this. This the first the first sentence of this plot synopsis is so much better than the actual synopsis for the movie. Set at a bucolic Midwestern college, (laughs) known only as the College on the Hill, White Noise follows a year in the life of Jack Gladney, a professor who has made his name by pioneering the field of Hitler studies. Though he oh. has not taken German lessons until this year. Ah, uh, German. <laughs> Amazing. This yeah. that oh, I I feel like that's a be- that's such, that's a better hook than anything. I mean, I've... you're right because I I actually you know like have a clue about what the story is after reading that versus. The trailer and synopsis. Well, 
So somebody in the uh, comments was saying, thank you, finally a trailer that leaves everything to the imagination. Bravo. It's a teaser trailer. We've seen teaser trailers that like do 90% less than this. Mm -hmm. What trailers used to do. Yeah, yeah. This is, and I'm I like, mean, to just be wait fair, for the this trailer. Does, this does leave it, leave it to Beaver. Um, in yeah, terms I'm of just saying, wait for, the, for wait for the actual trailer, though. That that might just tell you the movie right there and save you ten bucks, thirteen bucks. Sorry, New it's Age possible. Biden Bidenflation, Bidenflation, yeah. bifurcation. Um, it's it's that, that bisexual not... inflation. It's called bifurcation. <laughs> Just hitting the buys, and as we you do not stand that. Are you, Jake? Are you saying that as they add more genders, the value of each gender decreases? the The sexual buying power of your gender gets less. You know, maybe that's what like people have an issue with. Maybe as more they them's come onto the scene, the male and female, well, the man and woman gender, uh, like get less. I don't know, important, which I mean, so yeah, you need, nobody's you need really, more, you need more genders to get the same amount of sex. Yeah. They're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose out if on sex. People coming in, they come into the brothel with, with shopping carts full of genders. How, how exactly <laughs> did we get here? Um, well, Bisexual the seventies were a great time, Kurt. A lot of different things happened. Society just kind of pivoted about its axis. <laughs> the, the globe will keep spinning around its axis until these things they come and they go. Yeah, and this and this guy is and this guy is studying Hitler studies, which he was a part of the axis, the axis of evil. Okay. Um. <laughs> Sure. Let's let's move on. Stop me if you've heard this one before. We've got a trailer for Pinocchio. Oh, wow. did they get the characters right? Did they get the actors right? Check so, out the um, official trailer for Pinocchio starring Benjamin Evan Ainsworth and Tom Hanks. They did it. Yeah. They Tom did. Hankel. They got This is the right Pinocchio. So um, so what but what this means is this once this is out and once Guillermo Guillermo del Torocchio's Pinocchio <laughs> is also out. I think we have to do this as the as the, uh, the Pinocchio supercut. Yeah. Oh, yes. You guys should do it as the Twinema files. Um, I was going to say we should do it like you know how people do the watch party for all the Lord of the Rings. Like you do that, right. but for the entire Pinocchio lore. Jesus, there's so many Pinocchio movies. <laughs> it's almost as if the story's in the public domain or something. <laughs> I do want to add on to it. Um, the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio trailer has edited uh, to not include Tom Hanks anymore. They they figured it I'm, out. I'm I'm glad oh. they figured that one out. Um, so this, um, you know, this is kind of going back to like the beauty of, um, no, it's a different when, film, Jake. No, the, <laughs> the beauty of uh, these like live action, um, recreations of these classics, um, and how, you know, Lion King came out, I think really early on and everybody shat all over it because it wasn't really 
live what action. If, what if they just cast Pinocchio with just an actual child actor? I wouldn't mind it. Just, just defeating the entire purpose of him being a puppet. Just you know, put a slap don't a couple even, makeup on. Don't even on put it. him in any wooden makeup. It's just it's just a child <laughs> actor in the costume, and he's going but, on about how he wants to be a real boy. It's like, but this young Pinocchio, you have a dementia. <laughs> you think you're a puppet. You're my son. The, I mean, this live action um, Pinocchio does does edge on the uh, the barrier of that Lion King dilemma. We're like. Well, it's really not a live-action remake if all the lions are CGI. Now, is it? Um, no. And well, there's Curry, a lot of Curry, no, CGI no. in this. It's well, it's not animated. It's not live-action. Yeah. It's something new entirely. We don't have a word for it yet. We need to invent a new word for it. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, characters that are not uh, real in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's not all of them. I'd say that this definitely is more live action than uh lion king yeah sure by the very nature of there being a real person in the movie that's um but however pinocchio if if if, um if lion king is one end of the scale and um i don't know fucking mulan or aladdin is the other end of the scale. Yeah, Aladdin was pretty close. I'd say Aladdin was... Dumbo kind of shifts a little more toward the Lion King way, and I think this is a little to the right of Dumbo. <laughs> to the right of Dumbo? <laughs> Much like more it's... conservative <laughs> leading than Dumbo. Dumbo, known progressive. No, known weird supporter he, of Medicare He is an elephant, all. so it's kind of weird, but... Now, now is uh, the Lion King just like full communist, like like distribution of wealth? No, the Lion the King seas- would be fascist. They're, oh, they're, oh, they're the they're right, they're the right monarchy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh. yeah. That go, that go makes to, a lot of sense. Go to Lion a minute for a dictator. <laughs> Side note, just just totally. I've been watching this while we were talking about the um, the govern <laughs> the world powers of Disney movies. Um, go to one minute forty in this trailer. I want you to look at the CG on this on this water. It's just, it's just yeah, it's what not about done. it? It's not done. It's um, they they plop the texture in. Uh, I, this whole scene isn't done. Oh my god! <laughs> like, no wonder it wasn't even a full second. This is nowhere. Did they just get these back from the dailies? <laughs> like. They, again, they're, the entire CGI industry is fucking running on on shoestrings. The puppets are being held up by shoestrings at this point. I gotta um, say, the bird looks pretty fucking good. So, despite um, being a, a Disney live action remake, well, maybe because of that now, uh, they've lost the cachet with these things. But uh, despite reuniting Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks, uh, the same duo that gave you 1994 best picture winner Forrest Gump um the like to dislike ratio on this trailer is pretty bad 1.9k up 9k down sounds about right hmm. actually four I, don't and a half I don't know what sounds to right one ratio comments are turned off it is a youtube kids so it's going to be pan uh critically and make a billion dollars got it I don't. I don't think it's going to be pan critically. How a, a, a reviewer 
give a bad review and upset the mouse, Peter, no. they get disappeared. They get black bagged like it's fucking V for Vendetta. Uh-huh. Nobody invited well, them to I the mean, movies ever. I, the real reviewers. The reviewers that... They, uh-huh. it's, not just, it's not just a saying, Kurt. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> I'll make sure you never watch one of my movies again. They keep their real eyes, to me, take damn it. Keep their house rodent free. I'm gonna pluck your eyes out yeah. like a grape. Huh? Oh. Can we get Mickey Mouse in a Quentin Tarantino movie? He'll take. <laughs> now I'm just. Okay. Now you just made me think of like Mickey's feet. And well, yeah, just, I'm thinking like of a Minnie what? Mouse like foot shot. There's, it's gonna be that in sounds, there. That sounds like a, a you problem, Peter. <laughs> no, it I'm is, thinking. Of, I want to rid I'm, myself I'm, of this problem. Well, I'm thinking of how many. Um, Notable Disney feet there are. Like, who's got some notable feet? Uh, fucking Cinderella. Oh fuck, that's, dude, that's, that's a good idea. Fight. I think we should get Quentin Tarantino and Cinderella to direct just... the Cinderella live action remake. Yep. <laughs> just don't oh, even. We all no. know, dude. Dude, straight up though, if he did it, he would put in the scene where the the evil stepsisters like cut up their feet to try and fit into the slipper. Oh, he would have fun with that, dude. He would have... There'd be so many director's cuts. He's like, and he I had in, so many shots of the feet. Uh, we didn't know which ones to use, so we added them all. I, he'll, he'll put I in the like scene spe- where the prince prays to God and the the doves from heaven come and peck out the, the evil stepsister's eyes because they're just, cursed by heaven. I just fucking, you know, I shot four reels. All feet. <laughs> Over 80... Over eight hundred <laughs> feet of feet. That's the that's the uh, that's the Quinn Tarantino camera rig. They just have one special made for him. Now there's a camera up here, but there's also a second camera down they at ground can. level. That's the uh, that's the bonus content you get with Disney Plus. You can watch the uh, the Quinn Tarantino feet edition or the the theatrical release. <laughs> Why is this one two hours longer? It's the feet edition. The fuck? No, oh. You know how he likes to film it in like widescreen? Well, they take the widescreen and they stack two widescreens on top of each other and bring it back to four by three where the bottom widescreen is just the ground level shots. I could see Tarantino doing like um like a pet project that he submits like Sundance or some shit where it's just like a foot perspective movie. It's like it's got a story and events going on, but from the perspective of feet, you know, maybe... Maybe slap them in a jungle. Maybe they're like contestants on Naked we and have, Afraid. We still have like five trailers we got. <laughs> oh, talking about feet, this my like, dude. This, I understand that. Maybe this is the foot edition of the cast. Um, you know who's got feet? My best friend. And they're ex- they're they're possessed. My best friend's was, got feet. Um, that was, and that was uh, a rough one. Um, uh, and they're hey, yeah, my best friend's exorcism. <laughs> uh. It's a movie. Same same director as Freaky and Happy Death Day, and this is right in that mold of like horror comedy, but heavier on the horror than the comedy. Mm -hmm. And focused towards like young adult teens, Mm -hmm. sort of. Didn't Happy Death Day do good? What am I thinking of? Yeah, Yeah, both of these did good, and both of them reviewed very well. Happy Death Day and Freaky. So this, I don't know who the guy is, but 
um, the director. He has, Damon Thomas. Damon Thomas. He's got. He's. He has a state. He has a filmography at this point, and he has a consistent style. I'd imagine. So from what I saw, I was. I thought I was going to hate this shit like right off the bat. Which apparently there is another Damon Thomas who is either currently or okay he was married to Kim Kardashian and he is more famous than the director of these movies because <laughs> when you Google the name Damon Thomas he comes up. I see. <laughs> so um, and I I wrote this off like right away and um, somebody in the comments had it right. Not gonna lie, the La- this is Lacoste had me chuckling and it did. It had me chuckling. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I think so, this is gonna have some good good writing. Which which is the better possessed by the devil uh, horror comedy, this or Repossessed, starring Leslie Nielsen? <sighs> I, I we gotta watch this first. That, I think we yeah. gotta put them put them together. We gotta do a twinning. I've not but, seen. Uh, oh, what was the um, Rosemary's <laughs> Baby two <laughs> twins? Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, uh speaking of twins, uh Goodnight Mommy has a has a pair of those bad boys in there. Got, the, uh, it's got Homelander's son. Yeah, Homelander's son. a problem for him. Why does he just laser the evil mom? Well now, he's so, not an identical twin, right? So here's Well, like in the movie or in like the in the real actor, life the actor, is the actor a twin? I, I don't know. Or they just did they do a CG double? I I think they they Lindsay Lohan him in Parent Trap and just uh, save kid twice. I see. Um, oh wait, he looks the maybe it's not a twin. He looks a little bit different. I think they just focus on the Homelander kid a lot. Um. So apparently, this is a decade-old Austrian movie that is being remade. It is also based on a novel. Uh, which I read the synopsis of, so I know I know the twist, and um, it's basically uh, Shutter Island, but actually supernatural at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean uh, they they don't really. I mean they kind of put a lot out there from the trailer. At least the but, novel is. I don't know if yeah. this is going to do its own thing or what the uh, Austrian movie was like. So, yeah, the, the kids are not twins. Right. Sorry, apologies. What, I, different, but there are they are brothers, right? Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, it's well, the, Creve- the, the Crevetti Bros. It's the Crevetti Brothers. Oh, they are twin brothers. I'm fucking dumb. It's right there in the YouTube thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the in the story they're twins. Yeah, in 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 the story of their own lives, they are also twins. No, they're not. Wait, what? Yes, or they're yeah, they're twin brothers. Oh, they're Crevetti. Oh, Crivetti, Cam- yeah. Cameron and Nicholas Crevetti. They're twin I'm, brothers. I'm, are they twins? Are <laughs> I'm very confused right now. <laughs> they are twins who play twins, and one's Mario Mario, and the other's Luigi Mario. <laughs> Yeah. Um <laughs> This is again, this is more this is more engaging than the trailer. It's does this go with um uh whatchamacallit? Uh ba 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 the I was what's the genre of of 
parental horror, right? What's the the visit, right? That's where evil evil grandma grandpa. Wasn't there? Oh yeah. Wasn't there also one that was just mom and dad? Nick Cage was in one too, right? Or maybe that's the same movie. He might have been. I don't. I don't know. I. As much as I want to be a preeminent uh, Nick Nick Cage scholar, um, might just not be me. Um, jeez, I'll go and fucking find it because it's gonna bother me if I don't. Tell me your secrets, Nicholas Coppola. Nicky copy, Nicky papa papa. Uh, your famous uncle is a director, and I'm filling air, and it's totally not obvious. Uh, Why do we need to fill air? We have a thousand trailers. Well, yeah, maybe if one of you two wanted to talk about one of them. Well, I didn't know if it, I didn't want to, you know, derail your thought process, you know, like how uh, Jason Momoa derails my thoughts when he stars in Slumberland. This is the weirdest adaptation of Nights into Dreams I've seen. Um, I thought it might have been. If this was a Nights into Dreams movie, I would be way more into it. Wait, you mean this isn't a uh, uh, this isn't a sequel to Lighthouse? <laughs> I found Same it. Same Lighthouse. Yeah. Which movie was it, Kurt? Mom it was and Mom and Dad. Dad. And uh, I think the post credit scene is that uh, Grandma and Grandpa show up. It was sequel bait that they never oh. cashed in on. Jesus. Uh, Grandma and Grandpa Jesus did not Christ, uh, fit well with... Uh, audience reviews they're like i'm not gonna go see that yeah no thank you (laughs) yeah it was uh not his finest it's only got a 5.5 out of 10 on imdb but manny only has a six and a half out of 10 i thought that was like very lauded movie so i'm not sure what this movie's about dad tells his daughter some fucking slumber stories and she goes to sleep and jason momoa pops slumberland and Riala steals four of the five idia, and you have the red one, and then you have to get them all back by flying the, around the blue balls. You know. The what? With the your, uh, idia? your 3D controller. Hell yeah. The thing, it this looks is... like it, it has the same amount of buttons as your, your regular controller, but it looks like a dinner plate. It It is something. If you've never seen the uh, Sega Saturn 3D controller... Um, it's something. I don't know what, but it is something. So yeah, the uh, they're they're flying around. They're you know capturing idiots, and uh, they're gonna I don't know fight the time lord in the end. So like Peter that. told me of this uh, channel that does uh, reviews, but the review titles are just mashups of other movie concepts. I think Slumberland is a perfect candidate for that. It's Hook meets Inception meets <laughs> fucking uh, A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and Jason Momoa is Flip, so he can do his my my man. He better do a my man in this. Uh, it was not in the trailer, so I have to. I'm forced to rate this lower in terms of my <laughs> man Momoa's than uh, I would have liked to. This is this is to uh, set. 
I think they're they're doing dual programming with this to set up Sandman. Dream, just dream related stuff. Is Sandman coming to Netflix or or where? Uh yeah, it's on Netflix right now. Ah, it's already out. Okay, so they're capitalizing on people falling falling asleep while watching Netflix. <laughs> I, well, what's the plot of this test. movie? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. There's no. Is there an antagonist? I don't. I don't f- think so. I think it's just like a Peter Pan sort of deal. It's also just a teaser. I think they're just trying to sell you on like the landscape and the the, the film direction that it's going. The kind of weird uh, dreamlike scenes and scenarios are going to be in and and show off Jason oh, Momoa's new this look. Is, this is like a Jumanji kind of deal. So a young girl uh, discovers a secret a map to the dream world of Slumberland, and with the help of an eccentric outlaw, uh, with, uh, oh no, this this doesn't this doesn't parse. Um, I'll I'll parse it for you. And with the help of an eccentric outlaw, um, holds on to hope that she will be able to see her late father again. So this is your Uh-oh. this is your looking for your dead dad movie. Um, as seen in Onward. Yikes. I, yeah, this might, well, they weren't looking for their dead dad. Their dead dad was with them in Onward. Point yes. of order. His his ass was with them. Second, secondly, um, you know, this is a uh, plot that has been explored in several movies. Um, I can't name a bunch of them off my head, off the top of my head, but you know, similar sort of like bad thing happen. Well, I guess you could maybe throw Pan's Labyrinth into that category of young girl escapes to fantasy world to not deal with um, harsh circumstances of the real world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so this is this is trodden ground. Mm hmm. Speaking of um, fantasy worlds, um, Tar 2. More Tar. Oh, yeah. I forgot they came out uh, with another teaser for this movie. So, um, was there a Tar 1? Hmm? There's a first I mean, there was saw, a teaser. Yeah, there is a teaser that we... A Tarzer, you might even say. Oh. <laughs> oh, Tar Trailer 2, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tra- they released Tar the sequel two. at the same time as the uh Bold. You see, that was from... my confusion. <laughs> um oh. so yeah. I I think this is like based on a real person. But it's arted it's arty to all hell. They yeah, arted it it's... up. Yeah, the trailer is really very avant-garde. You know, uh, they, they, it does not really make that much sense. Hoping the movie makes more sense, and it's not like this because it's kind of just jump shot after jump shot, art, art, art. And this wouldn't make that great of a movie if it was like that. I should see Koyana Scotty. Um, I yeah, I really don't have much else to say about that. Um, I'm not too excited about that. Just like I'm not super thrilled about Empire of Light, but it seems like it's another artsy movie uh, that's about filmmaking or watching, going going to I mean, cinema. 
how are you going to have a movie about films that isn't going to be sniffing its own farts? Yeah. So, it's another action hero, I guess. High on its own supply of that's Paul Verhoeven. He's he's just too good. He's he's a he's a special little boy. That Paul, little Paulie B. Some people are getting this mistaken with um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame because it stars uh, what is his name? Is his name Michael Ward? I don't know. I don't know. He's, he was to... in uh, Captain America. Uh, he was the scientist okay. who was working for Hydra. And nope, Colin, that's a black guy. Oh, Colin Thurf is the most note. famous person in this movie. Maybe mm-hmm. it's Toby Jones. Side note, I was completely wrong. I thought that Last Action Hero was a Paul Verhoeven joint. Not, not even close. Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. Totally yeah, it's, it's Toby Jones. Toby Jones. He's the film man. He sits up in his little stoop, sits up in his little house of power, drunk on on his authority over the movies and the cinema, and he forces you to watch whatever you want. It's actually a horror what a, movie. What a, what a mm. fucking lame power trip that would be. <laughs> hey, it's Empire of Light. That's like I could make the, you watch. You have the power bad to clockwork moves. orange anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want the power to ins- that you is have the in- power to inspect anybody, Jake. Oh fuck! I was going with Alienoid. No, this we're is- sa- we're saving that one. We have to save that oh, one. That okay. one's going All right. Inspection. Yeah. Speaking of power trips, you got a Marine boot camp officers are on a power mm-hmm. trip when they're telling you to, you know, eight. Shit in your hand and sniff it. If you're dropping, give me fifty. Or uh, you know, are you gay? Okay, well we can't really do anything about that anymore. Cause <laughs> laws and whatnot. Uh, take off your, don't take off your chains and give me push-ups so you get the clang mm-hmm. every time it hits the ground. I mean, uh, army recruiters and making people do push-ups impromptu on an impromptu basis. I mean, what what better combination do you ever have? How many of you guys? Yeah. Who 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 here did the push-ups trope, at the in the uh, cafeteria at the high school? I did not. We did um, the. Uh, we had the army come in and they did their. Um, or is the navy? The navy recruited at our school and they did do thirty push-ups and get a t-shirt. They did not offer that at my flats, but they did have tables. All three branches were represented. Mm-hmm. We had uh we had there was one kid in, in like the class ahead of me. Total total boy scout year beaver. Really sweet guy. I think he ended up actually getting into West Point cuz he mm, was also friend. like fucking brilliant. That's a good school. But yeah, this is uh, um yeah, so this is this is an A24 movie. Um and it looks to not not necessarily just be like blind um you know military uh worship i guess well that's a little strong these movies these movies rarely are um but no yeah i think the the point of this movie is to show like the reality of service Mm -hmm. and like you know yeah what what it looks like for a lot of people yeah a lot of it is also like showing the brotherhood and what it means to Mm -hmm. join which is um 
a, a good message, you know. A lot of times that oftentimes gets lost in the sauce of like why you're joining and some people do it off purely monetary mm. stuff, people do it off of wanting to do it and we'll dive into I guess in this movie why this character wants to join. Um I think it the, seems like his mother has a big deal with it too. I think she looks like she's either a security or police officer. Maybe she was a Marine and yeah, had him and had to drop something. out. Something so, like that. No, I, I believe uh, now that I see the based on true events and kind of like watching the trailer again, I kind of remember the story. Um, Elegance Bratton, who's directing this, um, I guess this is his story. A young black, young gay black man, uh, rejected by his mother, and with few options for his future, decides to join the Marines, doing whatever it takes to succeed in a system that would cast him aside. So this is you know his experience mm-hmm. during "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" days mm. um, of yeah. you know reconciling being a gay man and in, in the Marines. Um, yeah. Looks like it takes place in like mid, early mid two thousands or some of that. Yeah, um, it is uh, not often that you see a. Um, I don't know if this is a directorial debut, but it's not often that you see a filmmaker write and produce and direct their own biopic that's yeah, yeah that's fair yeah and um i mean he's just like one so step away from this is an auto biopic i guess yeah i i suppose you would call it that usually mm-hmm. yeah and usually i would think a lot of those will be of people who are just who their thing was that they were in the film industry um yeah However, would... he did change the names though I would say, yeah, that's why I guess probably to protect you. Well, also you need like life rights Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do that. This is, I mean, huh? Well, I mean, so like if you were to use like real people's names and likenesses, he would need their permission to do so. So if you change the name, but I mean, his name, like he's yeah, he could use his own name because he has his own life rights. I yeah. know, I know. And he would sign not. his over for his own movie. I know it would be yeah. a, a tough negotiation with himself yeah. to get his own life rights, but I think he'd manage to pull it off. I don't know why he's going for Ellis French, but maybe there's a story behind it. Who knows? Maybe yeah. he just likes the um, way it sounds. To be fair, um, this it it whatever this is, this looks like it's going to be a little bit more grounded of a based on a true story than. You know, last week's trailer for the greatest beer run ever, sponsored by PBR. Some of that might have to do with the American government. Yeah, some of that might have to do with the the content of the story and the fact that it's his experiences that he's yeah uh, (laughs) translating onto the screen. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm interested in this purely for the. unique nature of its production um Mm -hmm. and i'm sure it it seems like it's going to be you know if if an ingredient for a good movie is passion 
I don't think that it's going to be lacking in this autobiographical yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. I Passion think... and MSG. Always that great. That is the other secret ingredient. That's true. <laughs> it doesn't kids. All right. It's PSA for anyone who still needs to hear this. Um, MSG doesn't give you headaches. It's just that Chinese food is really salty when you buy it from a Chinese restaurant. They just put a shit ton of salt and uh, fry, fried, fried it a bunch of times. So just dehydrated. Just drink some fucking water, kids. Yeah. It turns out, I, I feel so bad for all the all the marketing agencies that had to like push no MSG added on like every single ad menu. It's a, it's a bonus. You can put it on shit like a fucking. You can put a no MSG sticker on your goddamn watermelon, and you'll make a million bucks. It's like literally one of the five senses of taste. I think San Pellegrino, like, like, they need to start advertising, like, asbestos free <laughs> yeah. in, their, in their, like, uh, sparkling water. So you just now go, like, lacking wait. antifreeze. I mean, that's, isn't that essentially what, like, a lot of products do with, like, the trans, no trans fat yeah, added? Yeah, gluten free Because shit. there's literally, yeah. there's Those literally are- laws, um, like, oh, like, having to omit, like, trans fats and stuff. And yeah, gluten free. I've seen gluten free stickers <laughs> on fucking meat. Oh, like no shit, that. there's no gluten in there. I love that. Unless gluten you're talking free, about it's not gluteous free. free if it's like a rump roast. <laughs> it's a rump. <laughs> That's true. That, it it could is be, the well, there'd glute. be glute in it, but it wouldn't be gluten. It'd be like a glute two, some lesser <laughs> number of glue. Unless uh, well, this day and unless age, we you encounter the mysterious ten-assed cow. <laughs> the tenacity. Uh, All right, let's hit it. Let's hit it with this alien. Well, I want to. I want to. Quick, uh, Lou. It's a movie. It looks. Oh mid. fuck yeah! That's um, right. It doesn't look like they're going for anything stupid. Cool, alienoid. Let's go. Wait, I'm sorry. Okay, no. Uh, Juicy Smollett's, uh relative, I guess. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Yes. That was the that was the one thing I picked up on that trailer. I everything I could care fucking less, uh, other than Juicy Sommelier has uh, transitioned to uh, Junie Sommelier or whatever their fucking name is, and think, uh, yes. they it's... that's how he's getting back. Journey Sommelier, yeah. Juicy went on a, a journey, that's for sure, to transition to a female, Journey's and is now starring in this. We're just. Wrong answers only is the name of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they were also in. There, she was also in Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay, that's, that's where she that's got where it. I remember her name from. Aside from you know having the same last name as one of the most memeable stories. Yeah. In the last few years. Um, okay, Alienoid. I have no idea why this is a Rotten Tomatoes exclusive trailer, but <laughs> goddamn Just, if I wasn't perplexed by it. I want this. Um, is this a uh, Korean? Yes. That's my, okay. that's my uh, understanding. Love it. They look it, Korean. Is um, one of those guys... Is I don't want to, like... Have, like, are you saying, like, anything. have we seen some of these guys before? I feel, isn't isn't the main guy, he was either in Snowpiercer or Squid Game. I don't remember um, which. Oh, he could be. See, Ryu uh, Jun, Junyol. I believe so. I yes, don't... yep. Yep. Looking at calculating. He was 
in a taxi driver. Um, yeah, what was the end? I feel like I've seen it before. Right? Like, I'm not taking crazy Let me see. He, he might look... I mean, he does kind of look like... He was um, in... Uh, some other see. actors. Money... Which I feel like we saw a thing for that. Oh, gosh. Mm, maybe. All right. Well, regardless. Yeah. This looks... So this is probably... This is probably a fairly big budget. Oh, no. Hiccups. He's got the hiccups. They've claimed him. It's awful. Um, so this is, I guess, a time travel movie, um, which the trailer... Set, like the trailer is wild. It's got a lot of shit in here. It is, it is stacked with, um, with probably better um, VFX or you know CG than uh, than Disney is able to create right now. Um, but it's a time travel movie for some reason. Um, I think for the same reason that Canada needs CanCon. You need like KoreaCon um, to to promote to get the money from the uh, from the arts department from uh, from Korean arts department. Um, whatever the case, I think what's going to happen is the the president. It's it's like every time travel movie, you know, you've seen like the present is being attacked by a threat, so they have to go back to the past to get the solution, and then they'll come back to the present at the end. Is that not what happened in the Tomorrow War? Like, exactly? Yeah, that could just be, could just be where I'm getting it from. <laughs> Except there are no volcanoes in this one, doesn't look like. Well, didn't... Like, wasn't there a part in this... Yeah, towards the end, they say, let's go another time. Or let's go, go to another time. Yeah, no, there's a, so, the fucking... The magic staff... Like, it's the most powerful weapon. Oh, also, it can move anything through time. It's just, they just kind of throw it out there. Like, oh, yeah, no, it also has time travel powers. Yeah, so they might, they might do some, some funky shit with that. And I mean, the aliens look cool. Of... They look like, yeah, way different from, well, not way different, but fairly different from, um, you know, sp big spider yelly monsters. That we see in a lot of like Amazon Prime, like you said, like the Tomorrow War. Like I don't even know what the fucking aliens look like in the Tomorrow War. They were just, just computer generated messes. Well, and that's what this is like. Kind of neat about it is that they kind of linger on the design of the aliens a little bit more, and they're simplified. They're not as like busy. Yeah, as the other stuff that we've seen, uh, they definitely do some of the Iron Man stuff because I guess one guy is, can turn into a, like have a suit of armor. Maybe that's like a future guy. I don't know. Um, and he does he does like the nanobot thing that Tony Stark did. It's great. Kids are gonna love it. Well, Korean kids, American kids won't sit through this shit mm -hmm. unless it's dubbed. And this is the type of movie I don't know if we're gonna get like a dub. I don't know. Um, probably not. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that's not really the gauche thing to do with uh, South Korea movies these days. You know, Parasite was subbed. Squid Game was subbed. 
I mean, Snow I think Squid Game. No, Squid Game had a, a dub version. Did it? Yeah, yeah it, it was. That was it. Was memed on a lot because they got a lot of shit wrong. Yeah, I. I never, um, that's why. That's probably why I never saw anything about it. <laughs> yeah, because people were really clowning on the fact that. So there were like weird idiosyncrasies with the language of uh, of like South Korean language, and that dialect was also a part of it and even the subtitles didn't really do it a hundred percent justice where people like reviewed it and were like well if you they were nitpicking at certain scenes but it was you know neither here nor well there. i'm i'm sure a lot of it was fine it was just a bunch of people yeah. going um actually yeah we we got the gist <laughs> we got the gist of what's it's going like, on it's like you know if someone told if, if i overheard someone saying um you know me llamo whatever in spanish means my name is i could technically say um actually it means i call myself whatever mm-hmm. but <laughs> i mean the the concept is the same fucking thing mm-hmm. it's just a semantic argument exactly literal translation versus like what the phrase means yeah Regardless, I am literate, so I I'll probably watch this subbed. <laughs> um, we're not gonna talk about it, but I just wanna roast the concept that there's a trailer for the re release of Avatar. Oh, he's gotta Oh yeah. You gotta rem- remind everyone that, <laughs> that you made you're making a sequel to another movie. Oh fuck. Is he gonna t- I hope this doesn't like randomly put Avatar back on top? Oh, it, it's it not- definitely will, because the margin's very small between Avatar and Endgame. This hundred oh, percent will put it back over. Fucking James Cam, the I can see it now. James Cameron and his fucking galaxy-sized ego is gonna put it to the number one, so that when so the next round of trailers, like right before Avatar Wave of Water comes out. You can put the it as to the, the sequel to the highest movie. grossing yeah. film of all time. This is exactly why they're doing the re-release. Yeah. 10,000%. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if this is a James Cameron call. I could easily see this just being a Disney call. But, I mean, Disney, like, wins either way now because they bought Fox and yeah. they own Marvel. So, like, <laughs> they don't have a definitely dog in the fight anymore. It's, it's definitely just a, a marketing push for them yeah it's a, it's a win 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 slightly prof- profitable billions billions of wins yeah billions and billions of dollars billions and billions. overall top life and that only gross. took so that's our trailers and it only took an, a full hour this time yeah well we had fun doing it we gotta get our we? we gotta get our fall conditioning in so we can start to <laughs> get our times down yeah all right, well, let's move on to the follow-up. Um, actually, I just checked top lifetime grosses, um, and I guess they re-released Avatar already in some markets because right now it's number one. $2.847 billion to Endgame's $2.797. So I guess they can already say the sequel to the highest-grossing movie of, of all time. time. Yeah. Fuck. Um, 
I mean, that's not like adjusted for inflation, but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about this week at the box office, which let me tell you, none of these movies are going to be sniffing that list anytime soon. No, sir. Um, Weekend 33, covering August 19th through the 21st, was not a banner uh, week for the uh, late summer box office. Um, in number one this week, our feature for the, the program here, Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which we, we remarked last week that this had a good chance to be number one at the box office because it was up against, you know, such heavy hitters as Beast and Orphan First Kill. Um, yeah, really up against a beast. And it was. Uh, $21.16 million. Um, distributed by Crunchyroll, which I believe is owned by Sony. So technically this is a Sony movie? Um, yeah, well, well, we'll take it. It's brought in $51.6 million worldwide thus far, about an even split between domestic and international grosses. In a pretty distant second, honestly, like almost $10 million here, um, despite being in 700 more theaters than Dragon Ball Super Superhero, is Idris Elba's Beast. Um, He didn't direct it. He's just starring in it. Um, He's that's just made doing the 20, damn thing. It's made twenty five million worldwide so far. Eleven point five seven. Funimation Otter Media. Well, they merged. I don't. Right. Yeah, I don't so, want to go down the the corporate rabbit hole of who owns who. I'm I'm fairly certain Sony is the parent company of Crunchyroll at present. Um. Uh, Otter Media, digital media company owned by Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, Funimation. All right. He Go got on. me. All right. Well, anyway, Beast is our, our spotlight film because we're reviewing the other one. On we're not going to go see show. Beast. And I'm definitely not going to subject myself through a uh, movie that is uh, like a movie we already would, memed on. Yeah. This would be a masterpiece theater, I think, if we. This would be another Sony. Sony is a parent company. Um, in 2017, they bought a portion of them. Uh, yeah, 2017 to present. Uh, but also, oh, well, I guess Aniplex is a Sony Music Entertainment Japan. Okay. Um, um, of Funimation. So, effectively, I was right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Beast. Uh, let's talk about Beast, baby. Let's talk about you and me. It's got a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, a 68% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually up a percent from when I checked it at the top of the show. Um, so that's that's pretty wild. Um, 68% fresh and a 75% audience score. That is surprising considering how... Uh, not as good it is rated on yeah. IMDb and Metacritic, which uh, Metacritic gives it a 54%. Um, a co-worker of mine went to see it, and he said it was all right. And uh, I believe he's a normie. So, Oh, this was our movie lover friend? Uh, this was not our movie lover friend. This was a, new guy, a newer guy. Ah. Yeah, okay. 
new cad monkey. Yes. <laughs> um, they're gonna listen to this now, <laughs> but neither here nor there. Um, but as we all know, we don't give a fuck about any of these professional critics. We don't give a fuck about our coworkers. <laughs> we don't give a fuck about anyone, and that's. That's the attitude you got to have when you're a real reviewer, and we're real reviewers. And as the old saying goes, it takes one to know one. And by God, do I know that the people who uh, take time out of their day to submit user reviews to IMDb, the we real care ones. About them. We do. We we care about their safety and the safety of those around them. Perhaps a little more for the safety of those around them. They are not always the most stable of people, uh, but. Mon Berger um, has a 10 out of 10 review of Beast. This movie, I rated a 10. Excellent. This guy actually got it right this time. He got it right. And, you know, how can I say no to a review of a title that's succinct? Oh, my gosh. I have never jumped so hard in a movie, so tense, and flinch scared fabulous story and acting from Idris and the two young girls. CGI Lion was great real looking. A perfect summer movie to be watched on the big screen. Especially on the IMAX or Dolby Atmos. Don't miss it. Colon. Not semicolon. Colon. You will have a great time. Haters get a life. Four exclamation marks! It was go- it was so normal up until the end. There, it just fucking. Do we need to have an up. emergency? Do we need to have an emergency meeting with our IMDb contacts? Haters um, get a say, life, <laughs> and, and potentially warn them of uh, big theater invading the review sections and and pumping up those ten out of tens. You mean? Jake, are you suggesting to, to me that the haters are bots? That Mongolian click farmers are astroturfing IMDb user reviews for small payments from studios. I I wouldn't put them put it past them. I've there I know AMC and Regal and the big theater industry is uh really hurting right now. Their butter supplies have dried up. Their butter wells are dry, and they are they are uh, rationing butter to the peasants. Uh, we are angry. We are upset. We have to get our butter from an attendant. Uh, it's not a good look for big theaters, and frankly, I might go see my movies at home where I have uh, my own butter from my own butter well. Jake, this is and like I one can, of my bits. Where are you going? Are you going, with this are you going anywhere with this? Is this transitioning into your review? Are you going? Are you big butter? Well, did you do? You, do you guys not have that? Do you guys not have a butter shortage at your theaters? No, no. no. They always no. ask me. They like beg me to take butter. It's like you want butter, right? I was like, yeah, so, I want butter. S- Cinemark, so I guess, missed a shipment of their butter. They're like rationing their butter. You, yeah, they don't have the butter. They don't have butter stations anymore. Uh, there's a sign that says, please ask, uh, if you want butter, uh, there's no butter in the butter stations. I, and, and he's like, he's got a, a specified squirt bottle that he's like, Oh, got to put it here now a little bit, a little bit on top. And then he's like, he guards it. 
guards it with his life. Uh, he's afraid of mob mentality. So inflation is affecting us all. I've uh, done a little like, bit of research on Monberger. Um, I don't think they're a bot because they've been an IMDb member for six years and they have over like a over a hundred reviews. Um, and they they're a bit of a hype beast. Um, listen to these ratings: Fall, ten stars; Beast, ten stars; Bullet Train, ten stars; DC League of Super Pets, ten stars. Vengeance, nine stars. God, what, uh, what did Vengeance do? <laughs> what did Vengeance do? <laughs> what happened? What happened? Uh, yeah, maybe, uh, oh, who knows? Maybe big big AMC got to him first. Um, impressive, one out of ten. Oh. oh. Now you're saying, Jake, you said one out of ten. How, pray tell, could the title be impressive, exclamation mark? Well, sad Felicidado24 said this movie is the first movie in a long time that I can remember that I walked out of. I was rooting for the lion the whole time, hoping it would tear the girl limb from limb. I was hoping this and thinking to myself, quote, there is no way they made those characters so annoying on purpose. It is just obvious that the director is not the smart, not that smart and uh, to make you sympathize with the lion. And although I haven't seen the ending, parentheses, I walked out. I'm sure the movie sucked overall because there are only two possibilities in the end. The happy Hollywood ending and the dark and brooding morale where everyone dies. I don't. Wait, I think uh, that was supposed that to be sense. moral, but did he spell it yeah, morale? Dark. Yeah, morale. Yep, that's morale. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I like how he yeah. said, although I didn't see the ending, I did walk out as if those are like yeah, he admitted it. disconnected ideas. <laughs> there are people who see it. There are like as if there are people who see the ending who don't walk out. Like they just uh, yeah. sit in the theater until the next movie starts. <laughs> or, or or people who walk out and manage to see the ending, like <laughs> the logic, well, the logic here more. is impeccable. Clearly, based on the character development and unnecessary drama sprinkled with some of the dumbest plot development, this is a classic Hollywood elitist. I had the elitist movie, so the ending is as cliche as everything before it. I truly hated this movie, and I don't know why anyone would release it. Seven out of fourteen. I found that helpful. Strong. That was my best. Strong. That was my best Tucker. My best Tucker mm-hmm. impersonation. Um, Just imagine a little bow tie. Yeah. Does he still wear a bow tie? No, I think no. he. I think he. Because everybody made fun yep, of him. He gave up after Crossfire. Um, okay. In general, as well as in his in his attire. Um, so there is a Ferguson six in here, but uh, I the other ones, the ones, the other ones I prefer. If you want. Like I've already done a couple over the last couple of weeks, we're, so we're, I'm, we, I'm we can take a up. break from Ferguson Six for a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but instead, I got the Red Blue Bulldog. A six out of ten. Sleep mode, not beast mode. Rule number three forty two of bad movies. Kids in survival slash disaster films are totally annoying. I had high hopes for this film. The trailer seemed interesting enough. 
Idris Elba and Charlto Copley are also always good in their roles, and here it's no different. This movie just doesn't have it. I wanted to like it. I tried so hard to like it, but ultimately it doesn't do its job. It doesn't strike fear into the hearts of men or anyone else for that matter. It does, however, get on your last nerve. All because of the kids in this movie. It's always the kids. The kids, as in other films, get in the way. They distract. They do stupid stuff. They say stupid stuff at tense moments, thus shattering said tension. As already stated, not even Elba or Copley can spiff this baby up. It's a mess. You won't care about the family relations in this film. You'll even feel sorry for this lion. He has his reasons for this rampage, and they're pretty solid reasons. So go <laughs> lion. This could have been so much better. The bear attack in Revenant. The gators in Crawl. I'm not even going to bring Jaws into this. Even a chimpanzee in Nope. Much more realistic scenes of animals attacking humans. A movie like this strongly depends on two things. Belief in the characters and their love and connection to each other. And true terror from the creature involved. That's, I think that's three things. Uh, this movie evokes neither. Go see Nope instead. <laughs> zero out of zero. No one rated this. Oh, no. You gotta make an account. You gotta write that wrong. Not, not even <laughs> Elba Copley can spiff this baby up. It's a mess. Hey, you know what I'm saying? What's next? I honestly don't know that I can compete with that, but I'll, I'll give it a shot here. <clears throat> honestly, bit of a nail biter. Yikes, eh? Don't mess with lions in Africa. <laughs> this is the, the, the thesis statement of the 9 out of 10 review from Mr. David C.J. Johnson of the, the honestly a nail biter. Yikes. Uh, don't mess with lions in Africa. That's the message of the movie. Left, L.E.F. by Idris Elba and a cast of very good actors. It's really a great movie. There's a bunch of twisted morality tale in here. There's a bit of a twisted morality tale in here. Let me tell you about that. Considering that the poachers got what they deserved, even at the cost of others' lives. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> the best thing about the movie is the chemistry between the father and the daughters, as well as his friendship with his old acquaintance. If for no other reason, go see this one for the lion. He's mad, okay? <laughs> Sank. I found that helpful. That was an all, right, all caps. As as, as, oh, you got an all caps one too? Well, no, the the end was in class. Oh, See okay. this one for the all caps start. Lion, he's mad. Two exclamation marks. Okay. <laughs> I want that's that's a strong, all that's right. a powerful review. As long as we're all doing uh there's some hey, northeastern, little, little bit of New England, hey, little, New York little, City, little bit of the cottage cheese, a little bit of the uh, the shoulder movements, hey, huh? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, just walk out of a deli. I'm gonna go get a, I'm gonna go get a haircut hey, after I'm this, right? Go get some gabba cool. <laughs> I'm go, let me go to my Baba Joey. I gotta give him some his cold cuts I he wanted. <laughs> 
I've never been more disappointed that I wasn't recording the video because I just the, the gif of us all doing the shoulder shimmies will live in infamy long beyond any I, of I our mortal stop. years. I have Tourette's. It's a medical condition. <laughs> it's a medical. One out of ten. I'm sorry. Vegas Wilson. <laughs> I am sorry. And this is in all caps. I'm not going to yell it, but just know that the rest of what I'm about to say is in all capital letters. Good. No one has a gut. <laughs> Shoot the fucker. <laughs> and he had to do F56 ampersand ER. I mean, come on, really? This is a stupid idea for a movie. The whole idea of having a gun while you're on safari is to protect yourself from wild animals, right? So if you're being pursued by one, use the friggin' gun, right? 10 out of 19 found that out. They got a point. I don't like to beat a dead horse, but I've been going this whole time through Moonburger's extensive IMDb ratings and mm-hmm. uh this man gave reminiscence a 10 and he gave but light year a one <laughs> i don't the mouse didn't pay him light, the mouse didn't pay him not that light year's a good movie but this is a man that gives you know a Nines lot of movies out like they're fucking uh beer yeah. nuts like uh, i think there's a trend with them there's got to be a trend we got to find that trend Right um, between the lines. Is a Maybe movie? if he like if he if he just had some kind of record of how he what drove him to this decision, you know, some kind of written review of his this thoughts. Man's reviews read like manifestos. Okay. <laughs> I need a bank account ledger. I want to know who's deposited money into his account ledger. on these days. <laughs> um. All right. So, well, I'm I'm leaving the, I'm leaving the Long Island. Um. Because I, I think I just got to read this one without any inflection or any sort of emotion or any humanity. Um, because this one is, I don't know, this one's a freaky one. Uh, from Popcorn and Twizzlers, 5 out of 10. The Last of Us video game meets Man's Best Friend meets Jurassic Park meets Daddy's Little Girls meets Anaconda. Final takeaway. Overall, hashtag beasts give the last of us video game meets man's best friend meets Jurassic Park meets daddy little girl meets Anaconda. Theme and story, D. Pacing, C minus. Character, D. Overall, quote, paper, unquote, score, D. Entertainment factors, general public. Wait for streaming experience seekers via visuals and score. Don't watch thriller fans. Don't watch overall, quote, viewing experience, unquote, score. Don't watch. I was never interested in seeing this film from the day I saw the trailer. I don't even think I posted it as a film that caught my eye via stories. But I watched because I figured others in our film reviewing community would. So why not? Luckily, I was able to use my free movie pass for this versus my own coin. I have I have this saying for films like this, which is there are films that actors do that truly take a certain level of their crafted heart. And then there are films that actors do because they need to pay the cable bill just like any other non-celebrity slash real person, LOL. This film is Idris needing a direct deposit to pay his bills, LOL. 
that sided stream of income opportunity. Where I feel the film dropped the ball was not was with not including a matriarch. I think that could have that could have added so much more to the family story, which then could have given more authentic tension to the already tense context of the story, to then open up opportunity for stronger thematic merging and continuity, or because the film also comes off heavy on the male slash patriarch, just do away with the whole family and daughter storyline and build a story around Idris and the men alone, or Idris and his buddy taking a trip that turns out for the worse. Other thoughts, highlights, Leah Jeffrey's hair, the Act 3 fight, the lion slash beast, and the men- mentioning of how this behavior isn't real lion behavior. Could have been better. Theme cohesion and continuity and family development and purpose. One out of two. Okay. Um, that's just it. That's that's wow. that's how I read. It was a robot. The AI, the AI wrote that one. The yeah, the uh, fucking Tay tweets back from the dead. Dolly can now write text. Fuck me. All right, kids. well that's that's beast, I guess. That's, that's beast. Um, down two spots, hemorrhaging money, and it's and it's third week here is Bullet Train. A down forty point one percent to a paltry like bullet train million. rack. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, it's, it's made one hundred and fifty-two million dollars. So depending upon the marketing budget, it's it's in the green. In More the black. like bullet to the carotid artery. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Top Gun Maverick, uh, still hanging out in the top five. Still, thirteenth week. <laughs> it's thirteenth week down 16.1%. I'm fairly certain you can own this movie for your home. Um let's let's do the Jesus, research. 3000 theaters still nearly. It's crossed the threshold, boys. 1.4 billion dollars worldwide for Top Gun Maverick. Did it get re-released and then stay in theaters again? It just never <laughs> left. Just like, <laughs> it's never well, because it, it got uh, a push out again to like more theaters or something like that. It did. It and did then, get a, a redistribution. Yes. Yeah. Probably because it was still making like, a ton of money. <laughs> so oh, well, shit. I guess we'll play it again I'm, next week. I'm sad. It's it's going to be. It we're gonna have to wait until November to get this on Blu-ray. Ah, so that that that's the game they're playing here. They're gonna ride this out as long as they can here. Yep. Until they or, can is it on, get. Is it on Paramount Plus? That's that's another. Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, no, they're gonna have this ready for Blu-ray release just in time for you know Black Friday Thanksgiving sales. The holiday season. Top Gun uh, Maverick streaming. Paramount Plus. Yes. Well, not it's not on Paramount Plus. It's on Vudu. You can buy it on. You can buy it on Prime Video. Okay, so you can own this at your home. Yes. Is my point. If you have, if you are more than one person and you are saying, hey, let's go see Top Gun Maverick, just open Amazon Prime or whatever your preferred digital movie vendor is. And save yourself the money and, and, and be able to watch it multiple times over. Although, like, it is it is a movie that I think 
can benefit from the theater experience, but it is certainly not a requirement to see it in theaters. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people who, like, I just want to know who, who is 13 weeks in and being like, Hey, I still haven't seen this movie. Let's go see what the hubbub's all about. Like, are people going back to watch it again? It's for all the people who aren't boomers I keep saying I want to go see it. They have to wait for them to age into being boomers. (laughs) I keep saying I want to go see it, and I just haven't had the time. And I'm like, maybe tomorrow. Well, Jake, it'll it'll still be there. You can't have your butter, but you can have your Top Gun Maverick. Tom Cruise will always be there for you. Like butter. I didn't check uh, popcorn butter toppings during uh, DBS. So actually, Jake, maybe maybe it is. This might be like the one case where it's acceptable to get the um, the cheese, like the cheese kernel corn flavor blast. Yeah. (laughs) The oh, Kurt, you saw the Cheetos popcorn at at our theater, right? Uh, Yeah, we 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 had a mini discussion about it. Oh, that's true. I said that the I wanted to try cane. it, but was scared that I would actually like it and be very disappointed when they took it away. Yes, that's that being fair. said, I think I'm going to try it. Yeah, I mean we're we're going to the theater like this is the real thing, right? This is why they have fucking hot dogs on the on the concession stand menu is because people like us who are going who are now going every week, yeah, <laughs> are going to want to get something different than sometimes the popcorn. we need. And I sometimes I have, we get like, the pizza. Yeah, um, I have like coupons for like a free nachos, um, and shit. Like you know, they they're they're pushing it hard on us. Um, DC League of Super Pets drops another drops two spots as well, only down eighteen point eight percent. So that's hanging on pretty well there. Five point six million dollars um, this week in its fourth week. Hundred thirty three million worldwide. I would say that's probably underperforming expectations slightly, but um, perhaps not. Thor Love and Thunder in six, um, down 24.4%, four million dollars this week, 738 million worldwide, no change there. Minions Rise of Gru right on, right behind it, uh, with that extra week there, 3.7 million dollars, 838 million worldwide. For Minions Rise of Gru. There will be another. Rest assured. Uh, nope. Falls three spots this week. Down an eighth now. Uh, down 33.2%. 3.5 million dollar take. 135 million dollar worldwide. Probably very profitable. I would imagine. Uh, where the Crawdats sing. Down a clean 20%. Uh, planning it in ninth, $3.2 million in its sixth week, $99 million worldwide. Don't know what the budget was, but uh, apparently included money for soap because many complained about how the Swamp Lady was too clean. That's all yes. I remember from those IMDb <laughs> reviews. Was her, her level of hygiene was too high for many's liking. Um, bodies, Bodies, Bodies hits wide release in 1200 more theaters however it does not do much for its uh gross falling 22.9 percent 
bringing in $2.4 million for A24. It has only made $7 million worldwide so far in uh, three weeks. But again, this is its first week of wide release. And that's still only 2,500 theaters. Um, other movies opening this week include Orphan First Kill, which I thought, honest to God, was going direct to streaming. Uh, but nope, it's in just under 500 theaters and brought in <laughs> nearly $2 million mm-hmm. for Paramount Pictures. Um, yep. um, themselves a good year. Shout outs to three minutes, a lengthening uh, running time, one hour, nine minutes. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's funny that, but I guess the, the actual um, context of this is it's, there was a, I guess it's a famous three-minute film of um, of a Polish village right before World War Two, and a they kind of, of, yeah, they expanded it out and did like a documentary on it. I guess um, weird. That like the other thing that's weird, case. I guess, because it's like a documentary, um, but it's PG, which is not something I usually associate with World War Two footage. Well, it's a so the description here is a snippet of 16 millimeter film uh, that offers an emotionally charged meditative glimpse into the lives of unsuspecting Jewish citizens of a small Polish village at the precipice of World War II. So the footage is not of like Nazis rolling in, right? And it's, occupying it's village Poland. life, but so I just thought I, it was, uh, yeah, but like idiosyncratic. You got to figure, like, historical things like this, you know, those fucking movies you watched in social studies when the teacher had a hangover. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they all are, like, PG. Well, Otherwise, well, no, you need a we were good kids. I think we ended up watching Kingdom of God in social studies class. I remember in 10th or the la- Was it The Last watched... Crusade? Which one, whichever one was three hours and had Orlando Bloom in it. Uh, the first one, Last Crusade, Kingdom is of- an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It is. Um. Yeah, Kingdom of God. That was that was a movie. We watched um, Enemy at the Gates in tenth grade global, and I took AP US. And after the AP exam, we just watched movies. So we watched Gangs of New York. And Forrest Gump, and um, one other one. I remember being uh, kind of like peacocking a little bit because I was 18 and I didn't need my parents to sign a permission. Or I was 17, mm-hmm. I didn't need my parents to sign a permission slip to watch a rated R movie. <laughs> yeah, good shit. Sign my own permission slip. Um, Anyway, that's that's the follow-up right there. Let's talk gaming news briefly. Gaming news this week is brought to you by uh, Kurt trying out Opera GX and its uh, gaming corner, which has curated gaming news stories. So, ooh, yeah. So what? what we... Well, first, let's introduce why are you why are you using Opera GX this week? Well, uh, there was a bit of news. Um, I guess this is gaming slash. Uh, film news also because i'm going to talk mm-hmm. about the uh movie pass relaunch as well at, at the appropriate juncture but uh this is i guess not super new news 
um, based on my my research into it. But uh, the first I heard of it was yesterday. Uh, Google is shifting Chrome's uh, extension manifest to a new version that limits what extensions are capable of doing compared to the current uh, development environment. And one of the things that this is going to disable on Chrome and perhaps other Chromium-based browsers that migrate to this new manifest is uh, Adblock will no longer work, as well as other privacy um, extensions that people are fond of using. Um, So I said, okay, uh, goodbye, Chrome, because homie don't play that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I decided to try out Opera GX because I saw a critical, a critical video <laughs> where he moist, was the, the moist man. He's turning you on to, to the where new tech. he was using Opera GX, and I was like, "All right, you know, fuck it, let's let's try that. It's got a cool stack, and you know, I've been using it uh, since yesterday." And so far, I actually like it a lot. Uh, it's a lot easier to customize the look and feel of the browser compared to Chrome. And it's got neat features like being able to limit its uh, CPU and RAM usage. Um, as well, it's super easy to clear cache and stuff. And it is Chromium-based. So most extensions that work with Chrome currently will work with this. And uh, it's got an ad blocker built in. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty nice browser. It's pretty lightweight. Um, but I digress. Let's talk about some of these. But you gotta give. You do gotta give. give. You, you gotta give. A lot of people choose to give. They're not getting any. Not getting any ad revenue. But we don't God. give. Uh, well, actually, Sony is is not in the giving mood. In fact, they are in the taking mood as Sony is hiking the price of the PS5 in Europe, Japan, and more markets, but not the U.S. Um, unfortunately. So I was I was thinking to myself the other day, um, like you know, GPU prices are coming down, and it's possible to build a pretty capable gaming rig for around a thousand dollars. And I'd say even though the purported value of the PS5 and Xbox Series X, like made PCs a tough sell, the reality is you can't get a PS5 for like less than seven hundred dollars right now. So like it's pretty close in price actually yeah. in the real world. Um but uh, according to Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, we are seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting customer consumers and creating pressure on many industries. Yeah, didn't the Based euro these... drop below the dollar recently? Um saw that. Perhaps but sorry, any continue. Um, the the dollar is the world's reserve currency, so the dollar is as strong as any currency right now. Yeah. They're equal right now. Oh shit! But what about but Kurt? What about Bitcoin? The... We don't talk about Bruno. Um, based on <laughs> these challenging economic conditions, SIE Sony Interactive Entertainment has made the difficult decision to increase the recommended retail price of the PlayStation Five in select markets across Europe. Middle East and Africa, Asia, Pacific, and Latin America, as well as Canada. So, again, pretty much everywhere but America, where, once again, you cannot find the fucker for less than 700 
and fifty dollars. Uh, the new prices are uh, PS5 with the Blu-ray drive on it will be five forty-nine up fifty or pounds or maybe those are yours. Uh, up 50 from the previous price. The digital edition is likewise increasing 50 uh, euro. In the UK, um, it it will be just a 30 pound increase. So it will be 479.99 versus 449.99, which is kind of odd. And the digital edition will come in at 389 pounds. Um, Japan, effective September 15th, uh, the uh, Blu-ray Drive Edition will run you 60,478 yen, up about 11,000 yen. And the digital edition will run uh, a hair under 50,000 yen. Um, And I don't know what yuan are, (laughs) so we'll skip it. Juan, I think is. I, I know um, it's China's currency, which their economy is on the verge of collapse. Get ready for that fun recession trigger. Woo! We got coming up. Um, the in Australia, it'll be upping fifty bucks. So it's pretty much fifty bucks or the equivalent um, across all the all the uh, regions. Um, so. Actually, the digital edition is only going up 20 bucks in Canada, so they didn't have it so bad, I guess. What's bad? Uh, after seven months, Dark Souls, 3, Dark Souls 3's PC servers are back online. Um, oh, good. Purportedly, Dark Souls 1 and 2 are hot on the teals. Um the stated reason um, from FormSoft as to why they shut them down is they were fixing a long-standing security issue, um, which uh, apparently took them a long time to work out. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, Inferno Plus is, is busy modding, fucking among us, into Dark Souls and has really, really nice netcode and online play, you know. Cause, cause it's not too hard. FromSoft just, it's not good at it. Are you suggesting FromSoft might have some janky programming that maybe is the cause of some of the difficulty in their games? No, I would never backstab that. Um, in the wake of the PS5 price increases, um. Microsoft has come out and uh, clapped back, stating that there are no planned price increases for the Xbox Series X or S. Uh, They will be keeping it at its suggested retail price. So, um, those of you trying to jam on Xbox, fear not. Although, right now, it's it's a hard sell for any of the consoles right now, because the library of games just isn't very big. And like the PS5 has been out for like two fucking years now. Yeah. Pretty. It's yeah. Pretty and uh, I, I just finished uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, had a really good story. Um, and I know Forbidden West is, I think, a PS5 exclusive. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ooh, should I? I'm about should I? halfway. 
Yeah, I'm about halfway no. through Spider-Man right now. And uh, I'm like, you know, I'd like to check out Miles Morales. And then I was looking at the PS5 library. I'm like, that and God of War Ragnarok, which I'm pretty sure both of these are going to come to the PC eventually, are literally the only yeah. two games I have any interest in playing on this yeah. thing. The, um... Yeah, and like... When it comes, it might be like discounted too, and and like how much do you still have to pay for for some of those games? Is this still sixty dollars, or are they down yeah. at all? I don't know. If like to me, the this happening to the PS Five really feels like uh, it'll go down as a as a kind of a black mark on the PlayStation legacy. Whether it'll affect whether it'll be a bad thing or not for Sony's bottom line. In in respect to uh, PlayStations, um, I don't know, like because it seems like they're in high demand. Oh yeah, they're but, selling very you know, well. Like they're not in any real trouble financially. So in terms of money, it's not going to be a. I guess it's not going to be a thing. But like, that's what I feel like we're going to remember this generation for. Like Xbox having nothing memorable. Um, PlayStation. Well, I feel like. I feel like it was largely the same story if it weren't for, like, those really dynamite exclusives that hit the PS4 at, like, the tail end of its life cycle. It was largely the same story last generation, too. Like, the software, exclusive software is not, like, it's, like, the only thing selling a console. Mm -hmm. But there's so few of those that come out each year that, like, it's kind of hard to justify buying a console that's one of the reasons i recommend pc is you know right. forget the hardware you buy the system to play games not to ogle the spec sheet and there's no platform with a greater library of games than the pc PC, yeah like this is it's literally as 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 the our game lord gaben uh gaben says um it's piracy, you know, and and all the things that go along with it are. It's a distribution issue. It's a not service a, issue, yeah. Yeah, it's a service issue, not a not a sales issue. Um, same thing here. Like, make it available, and they'll and they'll do it. Speaking of uh, PC gaming and hardware, Nvidia is set to announce the next gen GPU architecture in. September amid um, stock issues with existing 30 series cards where they can't get them out fast enough. So um, after two years of not being able to get a GPU um, at all, they're now in some cases being discounted. Like I saw a 3090 Ti that was discounted by over $1,000 from MSRP. Oh, it's geez. still not a good value, but it is a thousand dollars less than it was before. And um, I, yeah. the secondary market's going to be flooded with GPUs in about like three weeks after the Ethereum merger goes down. So mm -hmm. um, now, now's the time. Well, this window, this month window, I'd say, is the time to buy. Um, I don't. Obviously, if you want to wait and see what the 40 series has to offer, it's not a bad play. People will panic sell at the announcement. Um, so even if the availability of 40 series GPUs is shit, you can probably get a good deal on a 30 series card. 
which um, based on some of the rumors about power consumption with the 40 series card, unless you want to also upgrade your power supply, might not be a bad idea <laughs> to just grab a 30 series card that has a TDP under 400 watts. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're, they're getting set. Mid-September is the rumored announcement date. Um, they originally... There was rumors of the 4080 and 4090 launching in July, but uh, obviously that did not happen. Um, we'll see what the specs are like. Obviously, when, when they're announced, I'll, I'll have my breakdown on is should you upgrade, as I have done with the past two graphics card generations from NVIDIA. Um, and we'll we'll talk more there. Uh, Netflix's Bioshock movie now has a director and writer. Oh, Francis L- Lawrence of I Am Legend and Hunger Games fame is taking the reins. Okay. Um, you know what? That's not a bad choice. Both of those movies have, you know, certain tonal commonalities with Bioshock as a franchise. So, mm-hmm. as long um, as it's going to be a Bioshock movie and not a sci-fi movie with Bioshock plastered over top. Yeah, we'll be in good. We'll be in good hands. Yeah, people are still going to complain about how political it is. Well, you know, it's I can understand the worry given Netflix's recent track record with uh, video game properties. No, Resident Evil was a great show. I'll stand by that. I'll die by that. I mean. You could actually think that you're the only one who's seen more than one episode. Yeah, no, I uh, I will die on that hill that the Resident Evil show that Netflix put out was the most faithful video game adaptation they've ever it's made. The best thing you've seen on a screen since Get Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen anything better than that. All right. Um, oh, did I ever show you oh, no. the um, the thing? It's a movie the Wesker? From, by John Carpenter in the 80s. It's a classic. Um, I don't I know if you need to show it to us. There was also a, a thing. I, I think John Carpenter's thing is a remake of an yes. even older movie. Mm-hmm. One of the few or are you talking about the Fantastic Four character, Jake Hudson? Yeah, that's what true. If it, you, what if it was John Carpenter's the thing, but instead it was just, just Ben? It was just ben. Yeah, he, it, show you this guy? and he's got he's got his cartoon appearance, right? So he's just like you Yancey Street Punks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think I did. Yeah, Wesker. I'm starting to remember your comments on it. Yeah, and that being Wesker. Um, well, you told me. It yeah, was it was it was amazing. Um, although I well, they're all Wesker. They're all they're all Weskers. Was that the twist? All right, Is let's, it like it's like Wesker World? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk uh, quickly here about uh, Movie Pass, which is not something I had on my bingo card for this year. So I actually was was a bit ahead of the story because uh, two days ago at uh, twelve twenty six p.m., I received an email um, titled "Movie Pass Relaunch Announcement" from No Reply at MoviePass dot com. Should for context will- note that up. The the fair few weeks, you know, whenever Kurt and I would go see a movie, we talk about Movie Pass and how Kurt would he should be keeping that card 
and he will be planning to keep that card on him as a relic to show to his uh, his kids and grandkids once upon a time, 50 years in the future, to say that this was a thing that happened, that you could go see all these movies for this incredibly cheap price. Yeah, it lasted, you know, like three months because it was incredibly unprofitable. And but lo and I, behold... I yeah, I will yeah. read to you uh, this welcome back email and then uh, give my reasoning as to why I would not recommend um, breaking down the door to uh, sign sign up for MoviePass, um, especially if you live in a AMC or Regal-dominated area and have access to one of their subscription platforms. Um, hello. We are so excited to announce that we are beginning our launch sequence to bring MoviePass back. For those of you who don't know, MoviePass was sold back in 2017 to a private equity group and due to mismanagement, subsequently closed its doors. Last year, I, one of the original founders, bought the company back with the plan to relaunch it. Time Magazine, hyperlinked to the article, did a great piece that does a wonderful job explaining the sequence of events that led to this point. I want to thank everyone for the support and helping us get here. So many of you have called, emailed, and even stopped me on the street to show that you still had your original MoviePass card and talk about how much you love the service. So if you were a 2012 OG or caught the wave towards the end, we look forward to welcoming you back. We will begin relaunching the service beginning Labor Day, September 5th, but prior to that, we are opening up our wait list to be able to join. Being on the wait list will be the only way to sign up for the service in the foreseeable future. This Thursday, August 25th, 2022, we will open the wait list at 9 a.m. Eastern Time at MoviePass.com. There's no cost to join the wait list. Space will be limited and on a first-come, first-served basis. The engagement from the wait list will help us determine which markets we will open first and thereafter. Each person who joins the wait list will receive... 10 friend invites that will activate when they sign up for the service. If you do not make it on the wait list, the only way to be able to join in the future is to receive an invite from someone. We are very excited to get back up and running and look forward to seeing you all at the movies soon. So I was curious, because I have, I have lambasted uh, Regal Unlimited for not being a particularly compelling value, um, especially compared to AMC Stubbs A-List. Very true, very true. So I was like, huh, let's, let's see what they got here. So I went to their website. I did not join the wait list. I went to the FAQ section, and I saw some things that kind of alarmed me because they're being pretty sketchy with how they're withholding this information. Um, so I'll, these, these are the, uh, the relevant questions. When will the new service launch? The new MoviePass beta service will be relaunching on or around September 5th, Labor Day 2022. Will the entire country open all at once? No. Markets will be launched in waves. The launch determination will be weighed on level engagement from the waitlist in each market, as well as locations of exhibition partners. So there's potential that you sign up for MoviePass, but you were like the only guy in town who had MoviePass originally, and you're on the waitlist, there's a decent chance that they won't open in your market right away. And you may be left paying for a service that you can't use. Red flag number one right there for me. 
And I understand the economics of doing this. They're trying to stay small. That's why they're doing the wait list and friend invite thing. Yeah. Um, but still, there's there's some skeevy, skeevy jeevies here. Uh, how will I know when my market is opening to sign up? You, We will send an email in advance to notify you that your market will be opening so that you and your friends will be able to register. All right, that doesn't sound so bad. What will the price of the new service be? Here's Here's the new one. Here you go. The three pricing tiers. There will be three pricing tiers. Prices will vary depending upon each market, but the general prices will be 10, 20, and 30. Each level will get a certain amount of credits that will be able to use towards movies each month. More details to come. So, wait. So, Kurt, so what I'm hearing is pricing based on the area. Correct, which Regal does as well, but it's mm-hmm. like a two dollar delta from lowest to highest tier. Right. Um, you have multiple tiers of buying, which is important because they are turning your real money into funny money, which is notoriously a tactic of um, like Fortnite and as you know, microtransaction mm-hmm. games. So there's there's a few few red flags lining up there, and it's kind of a little bit of a semaphore parade. Also, like flags, they don't they don't really give any detail about, and like I said, like the signups for the waitlist are open now, and this is the information available. They are they are pretty much forcing you to make a decision based on this level of information. And the the line about each level gets a certain amount of credits to be able to use towards movies each month. Um, that to me says that it's not going to be like it was where you had unlimited movies that you could see. Right now, realistically, this isn't a huge problem. I think AMC Stubbs li- a list technically limited you to three movies a week, but nobody, including me, who like sort of does this shit for a living used up all that stuff it's impossible there's not enough quality movies to go see yeah so something tells me that they might even price this out by movie where different movies will take different amounts of credits or something like that's that's the thing there's also no mention of like restrictions like can you see a movie on opening day or do you have to wait Mm. can yeah does is it different primetime versus matinee um and also like if they're turning into credits do these credits roll over because if they don't i could easily see them like giving you if it's a even if it's best case scenario where it's any movie anytime is always the same number of credits um they could put in a situation where the amount of credits you get for the month doesn't divide evenly into a integer number of movies Therefore, you have credits Mm, left over, and those are translate to um, wasted almost dollars. Although the thing, and it will confuse you, like how much money are you wasting? Because it's all in uh, fun bucks, and not or if you you go see the yeah, and or if you go see the big the big release, the big Marvel movie, you can't see the. Uh, a twenty four movie that comes out in the middle of the month or something like that. Right. You know exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, this is this is another time where I say this 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 is ripe for fuckery. Yeah. yeah. I 
you know, I want to believe that they're going to do right by by themselves, but this is a company that has a history of poor management. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like they're trying to learn from their mistakes, but it's just a tough sell. The founder sell. was trying to, like, he comes in in this message and is trying to curry favor with his audience through, like, you know, argument by authority. Like, it was... It wasn't me that sent this company under. It was the stupid equity firm that did it. Hey, guys. We knew we fucked up. It's not like I, was I one made of the original an untenable ones. service. And I learned from the mistakes of my predecessors. I'm going to do everything different. Everything. Yeah. Even the good shit. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's yeah. kind of hard. It's a hard sell on such limited information for me to say, yeah, go and sign for Movie Pass, and it's just it's harder in general now because these theater chains, which are like mob bosses, you know, they fucking own swaths of the country, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Um, these theater chains have their own services now, which are predict- yeah, yeah. I was gonna say this is where I compliment Regal, uh, comparing it against Movie Pass, where it's in dollars and your dollars don't translate to fun bucks. It translates to unlimited free movies, which makes sense because they know that you're going to hit a cap just naturally. It's the same principle as a all you can eat buffet where most people will eat one or two plates and you can absorb the costs of the whales. Um, And then they charge, they upcharge you in real money for extra features so I don't yeah. pay, you know, 32 um, Regal Exploro crown tokens to watch my movie in IMAX. I pay an extra six bucks yeah. in money from my credit card Which to go see we did, an IMAX movie. We did this week as we now talk about the feature of Dragon Ball Super Superhero, a... Dragon Boru Super Superhero. A, a movie title that is is difficult to like say and not sound weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not sure why they went with that. Because even well, the um, I hope the fans the, end up calling this DBS superhero. I think that's well even what... even the, the original title, the Japanese title, is Dragon Boru Super Superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not much different is or, or da- superhero as superhero yeah yeah well i mean it, is... it makes sense thematically right because he was obsessed with superheroes so that's like mm-hmm. your thematic through line yeah. it's classic db it's dra- classic dragon ball naming <laughs> where you're like yeah. oh the guy who likes heroes he's dr hero <laughs> wow um yeah so this this movie is first first thing off the bat off the hook. Um, this is not Broly. <laughs> no, I, guess. I I would say that I definitely liked uh, Broly better than I liked this one. I won't say that this is a bad movie because I don't I don't think that it is, but it no. is it is very much a you know, old school Dragon Ball Z movie with your your villain showing up and 
them beating the villain. Right. And it's there isn't the a whole lot of consequence. The whole thing's kind of self-contained. Mm-hmm. It is pick your pick your Z fighter roster. Have them fight a villain. Yeah. High yeah, And it was also like um like uh, how much how many how much stakes can we can we put up uh to give Piccolo and Gohan some screen yeah, time and put them through the, the story. Like we can't have like a, a world ending disaster and face a god and go through a tournament arc uh or bring back like Frieza uh for Gohan. That's a little bit too much too much high stakes. Um and they did they did some cool stuff with um what they're given. I I don't think everything was a complete hit, um, but I definitely liked a lot of what they did, even if it was uh, a very fan servicey movie. I gotta yeah, say, in some too. ways, um, it felt I, like a fan movie because uh, they 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 made some some they rejiggered the canon a little bit uh, with this movie, as they did with Brawley. Um, yeah, and they um and they they do some some neat stuff where they're bringing back the red ribbon army and we haven't seen them for a while. And the beginning of this movie is uh, pretty rife with exposition just to kind of jog your memory. But they bring back Dragon Ball lore, like that Dragon Let's, Ball. It's, this isn't a spoiler. Doragon Ball. It's right at the beginning. But when the, yeah. like one of the first lines of the movie is like, some of you may be old enough to remember Dragon <laughs> yeah. Ball. And I just, yeah. they, I that was them just saying, out. yeah, I know some of you fucking, you Gen Xers are in the audience, you early millennials. <laughs> you old heads. The old heads in the audience will remember the original um, fucking Red Ribbon the Army. Motherfuckers and remember like before it had a shit Z got on started. It. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there was that cool thing and then you're like all right well i see where they're going with this obviously and mm-hmm. um there were a lot more callbacks to like um i mean they obviously go to the, the lookout and they go to the corn's house and they bring back even though um what's the what's the samurai guy yeah, even though they don't even like yeah yeah they don't, he doesn't have like any lines but they show him and they show the cat so they're like they're bringing back all like the old hits, like they all. Everybody wants a sensu bean, so they give them the sensu beans. I mean, and not all and the they old have that hits. Scene. There was no Tien and Chaozu. There wasn't an oolong to be found. Yamcha wasn't even in this shit. Yeah. I mean, what'd you want? A three-hour movie? I mean, it would have been easy to just have them hanging out at Capsule Corp. That's pretty much how all the fucking other movies worked. Yeah. Um, side note yeah. of this movie because uh, Dragon Ball Super is late in the Dragon Ball timeline um, and everyone is really strong. So it's hard to have really high stakes. Um, and this kind of ends up being, since it's not a a big, as big of a thing as Broly, um, it ends up being kind of an expose in the life of the dragon bourgeois. Yeah. So Peter and I have have come to the the assertion, and they they kind of play that angle of it in the movie right. that Goku and company are basically a benevolent cabal that <laughs> partners with literal gods and angels to steer the course of the planet Earth how they see fit. <laughs> Which yeah, again, that, 
they're benevolent, but they 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 expand and recruit their influence every movie it seems. And they really they even though they pay lip service to the threat in this movie, it really doesn't feel like they're ever in in danger. Like they they got no, this and, sorted. and that's I and I, I'm I'm torn between whether I like that or whether I don't like that because on one hand, you're like, okay, it's another world-ending threat. But on the other hand, no, uh, the, the the major threat to everybody should be a world-ending threat. If you're saying he's as powerful as he is, and it's self-contained to a mountain top area, like a lake gets evaporated, mm. that's, and that's it. I mean, that's how, and, that's how uh, most Dragon Ball fights work, is... <laughs> Yeah, Shockwaves are felt around the world, but you know, one it's one mountain range. I know, but I'm I guess I'm more comparing it to the um the threats they faced in I, like yeah you know the the show and stuff I like feel that. Like where that was that's more... why Brawly stands out amongst the crop of Dragon Ball super movies in a way that none of the other ones do except for maybe battle of gods because you know beerus was a, a legitimate threat that they you know had to like band together to defeat but mm-hmm. um like with revival f you know they really pushed golden frieza and like oh yeah frieza's coming back he's you know the most vile villain in the history of dragon ball dragon ball's number one dragon ball z's number one villain and, you know, he comes back and he's like immediately on par with Goku and Vegeta, which, you know, sounds like a big jump in power for him. And it was. But yeah. the fact remains that they have two fighters of roughly his strength that, you know, can handle the situation. They're they're just they're treating it like it's exercise. They're handing off the fight. And even if somehow Frieza was able to maneuver past them, you know, fucking the literal god of destruction and his angel attendant are just lying in the cut, waiting for their their turn, should it come to that. Um, Brawly was was a huge existential threat because his power exceeded that of both Goku and Vegeta's. And at that point in the, you know, continuity of Super, it's heavily implied that Vegeta and Goku are very close to Beerus in terms of strength. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they needed to pull out a, a very old trick to not even really defeat Brawly handily. Like, they, but just that was one of the things I really liked about down. that movie was that, you know, they didn't do the fusion and immediately, you know, kick his ass. Like they were still yeah. fighting on pretty even footing and you know they broke time unlike, and space <laughs> yeah <laughs> unlike unlike what we saw here with super superhero um uh and yeah and i i also don't remember exactly what broly's like ambitions was he was but angry as i don't think fuck. he wanted to take yeah i know he didn't want to take over the world so it was also like a different he was a primal, like we're yeah, so used to seeing cell freeze beerus then yeah, we're so used to see these all these other like, and even like the uh, tournament of power, like everything is going to destroy the earth. That's like the the end. Mm-hmm. If the bad guys win, bad guys win. Um, the earth gets destroyed. But with Broly, 
it's more of like a vendetta, a revenge. So there's more of a story behind that, more of like a emotion behind that than just like world yeah, domination Frieza doesn't, or world destruction. Frieza doesn't have a backstory. Saul doesn't have like a he has a lore, but he doesn't have a backstory. Um, well, Frieza has a backstory. Yeah. I'd say Frieza has the arguably the most backstory of any villain in terms of like how he relates to the greater overall story because you know he was he destroyed planet vegeta right but like i meant in terms of pathos or um you know um why he does what he does right he's evil because he's villainous yeah and and a conqueror right what i'm saying is broly is different because he we get to see why broly is the way he is um not necessarily yeah, why suppose. he's a threat, but why he is, his motivations, right? And the goal is just beat up these two dudes who he thinks, you know, killed his father. And in in terms of like Frieza, where it's like, um, I want to destroy the earth or sell. I just want to eat everything and destroy the earth. Or boo, I just want to, I don't even know what boo is worth. <laughs> right. Probably destroy the earth. But, and it was just like, that's, they all have, you know, backstory. They have some lore, fine, but... The, what what their ambitions are all have all been the same essentially well, up until Broly Frieza, and Frieza's ambition wasn't to destroy the Earth at least not originally his ambition was to gather the Dragon Balls father, yeah. and gain Im- yeah. immortality. Um, you know it wasn't until he got his ass kicked by Goku that he was even aware of Earth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, true. Um, so I guess I'll, wrapping this round before we get into spoilers is that um, similar. So similar to what we've just been talking about, the the antagonists, we'll call them the antagonists of this movie, um, also don't have a lot of of um, motivation. There's some, but not really a lot. Um, there are two. I guess this is minor spoilers. There are two androids and another big thing um and the androids have Mm -hmm. like they don't have lord the create their creator dr uh hedo does in that he has he says he wants to make hero bots yeah but that's that's about it so that's why the the characters that it felt a little flat here um yeah it definitely was and it's it's a recycled trope you know like how do we up the ante in terms of like villain? Like, how do we find a, a villain that's a suitable threat? You know, a lot of times it's been, oh, you know, fucking stronger androids, you know, Super Android 13, that movie, very similar to this one. Uh, in fact, I thought it was going to be yeah. more similar. I thought um, Redacted was going to absorb Redacted and Redacted to power up further. Mm hmm. That's um, yeah, yeah. I, that makes sense. But they they didn't go down that route. Yeah. Um, um I and, guess you know, Super Seventeen was the same way in GT. <laughs> like what uh how did you feel about um the three D animation? Yeah, we should talk about that before to what we, we've seen before. Uh, yeah. Move on to spoilers. Because that was the other big thing about this movie. Early on was so you know when they start these movies, they like to immediately kind of like do a couple flex shots to show you. Um, yeah, and those yeah. were a little much. <laughs> the cam, they, the people working at at Toei need to figure out how to use their camera a little more artistically. 
but um once the once the plot really got going and they had to like get through story it became more conventional yeah. um yeah. yeah, same framing, blocking, when, and just yeah. like and of course, shots. um, it came through in the fights the most. In yeah, in, in the fights, uh, it it bothered me the least. Um, I would say that I definitely prefer the two D style of previous Dragon Ball mm-hmm. movies. Um, but you know, three D anime is the hot new thing. Yep, I will say to this to its favor that because it's 3D rigged models, um, they can when they're doing non fighting scenes, they can do more stuff. You know, yeah. like the characters are just generally more in motion. Mm. Yeah, which kind of leads uh, to it looking weird in scenes where there's it, not a lot of I, action. When it's overdone, I think I think that's what that's when it happens. I I would have to agree. Uh, the the one thing I so it's like there are pros and cons to both styles. Um, and honestly, like I think what you said, the the animation, the three D animation was pretty and good. To be fair, was, they- was favored in a lot of like the fighting scenes, but I don't really love what they did with Broly because they did add that in just for that fight scene. The rest of it was two D. I feel like that would be more noticeable, and I don't think I would want my animation styles to be like, "Oh, holy, whoa, what's up with this?" Like, I don't want to be caught off guard like we were in the beginning of this movie with how it looked, where they're just like um, spinning so, around a room where a guy is just walking, yeah. and you're like, "No, he's walking. You don't need to. This isn't good, fellas." Yeah. <laughs> so, like, cool it with the effects of 3D animation with the non-combat scenes. And when you need the effects, utilize mm. the 3D if you're going to do that. But keep it consistent throughout so you're not just blasting us in the face with, like, your muscles that you can... Your 3D muscles that you can flex yeah. just to be, like... Because but, we can. Um, you know, at, I will say... Of, okay, go ahead. Sorry, I, was, I will say that I think they did take some cues from Studio Orange, who really is a best practices leader in this field. Um and they do put in when it is detail when you need detail they do put in 2D shots there i've seen i saw some that were definitely like they mm. were just they were just flat compositions not yeah. modeled um and that's good that's a good way to do it i like okay. i like the when you do it like that you animate the stuff that has a lot of motion in 3D and if you need to do details you go into the traditional um traditional drawings right. and mm-hmm. If you yeah. do it, you can do it subtly and enough where it's not going to knock someone out of their immersion. And at the end of the day, um, it's a Dragon Ball movie. You're here to see the fighting and the fighting look good. And so, you know, that's yeah. that's really the most yeah. important part about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fighting, the fighting scenes were really entertaining. And uh, so. with that, let's uh, let's open the floor to spoilers. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the this movie tonally exists in a weird space. Um, yes. It's very lighthearted. It pokes fun at itself in a lot of points. Toriyama then, loves his comically so, overpowered characters. It was so self-aware, though. Yeah, and I, I feel so like we're, we're just at a point now where where Dragon Ball as a franchise has existed for like thirty five years, 
and you know we're we're in the stage now of the long running show where it it's kind of it's kind of doing a little self parody thing you know it's poking fun at itself um and i don't have a uh krillin what yeah, would i don't do? have a problem <laughs> with that necessarily if it leads to something so like the the big thing for me is like this is two movies in a row now where the dragon balls have been used for completely frivolous reasons yeah this um, is the dragon bourgeoisie well it was so dumb because i the, immediately i was like piccolo only needed one wish he didn't need to upgrade the dragon balls if he already knew balma had him just go to balma don't worry about going to the lookout and giving us the the dende scene like like you could have that scene and have him be like i can't do that power yeah he's like you could have that scene and have dende be like i can't give you those powers but like you can wish for it which is like piccolo yeah duh but i guess that's also to kind of give exposition that balma has they also forgot to wish Goku and Vegeta to the planet, so you know that, they're not. Yeah, in their which right is they mind. <laughs> fucking blunderous. Yeah, blunders and out there was here. they also could have just deleted the Red Ribbon Army and whatever. Or I think that you know. might be outside of the Dragon's power, but w- whatever. Yeah, because I not... remember. I maybe the upgrade fixed it, but I do remember, like for example, when Krill at the end of the Androids arc when they get the Dragon balls and they got the wish dragon krillin's like can you turn android 17 into like not an android he's like ah it's a little it's a little tricky that one's a little tricky for me too much he's like all right fine fine can you take take the bomb bomb out out of her yeah he's like oh yeah that i can do i can do that so yeah and if i I recall correctly the cost of adding the second wish which i don't know when the third wish got added in into the the mix here because last i remembered when Dende uh, remade the Dragon Balls, he added a second wish in because it was one originally. Um, but the cost of adding in the second wish was that the the scope of the wishes was reduced. And that was a problem with uh, Perunga and Namek as well, is that he could not, you know, like mass revive everyone because, you know, the more wishes, the less mm-hmm. power they, mm-hmm. they had to work with um so you know that that's a it's really thing, a, but you know it's a, it's a design problem you, know, you gotta work in the framework you got the design you docs out there it. for bra- the but, uh, but my the, broader the budget point, for your my broader point about them being used frivolously is that like if this is leading to like the shadow dra- adapting the shadow dragons from gt i'm fine with it and, but there has to be some payoff to this, like. What what is the sh- so is that like the so dragon GT, was just overused? Yeah, I'm after using Ball the GT, dragon balls too much, and wastefully, the negative um, energy like built up, and they the dragon balls like cracked, and out came the seven shadow dragons. And, okay. um, and Goku which, had to defeat them. And that's where you. I think they also the, that also turned Goku back to a kid. Right, no, was that, that was that was Emperor Pilaf's wish at the beginning of GT on the Black Star Dragon Balls, which okay. are the more powerful version of the Dragon Balls, but they were locked away because if you use them to, to grant a wish, they would destroy the planet if they weren't returned 
in in one year and when they scattered they scattered all across the galaxy which is why gt stands for grand tour it's the tour around the galaxy yeah so Um, i don't i don't isn't that also what it stands for on the car too yes that's grand turismo well no gt cars are are touring cars they're grand tour cars okay um yeah so i don't know if they're gonna do those dragon balls but the shadow dragons which we were talking about and uh, which came out of the Dragon Balls after frivolous and negative wishes, and have to be all have to be defeated, I believe, in order to restore the Dragon Balls to their former state. Yeah, I don't remember if hmm. defeating them actually fixed the Dragon Balls, because I, it, I would it, assume it was, I didn't. I didn't. I did not watch GT. To it be was, fair, so the ending of GT is really fucking weird. So they beat. Omega Shenron through some bullshit. I don't. I don't remember what it was because the the fusion with Super Saiyan Four Gogeta ran out. But they they beat him up and then Goku like absorbs the Dragon Balls into his his body and just becomes like a god walking amongst Earth and you know has has no longer his normal human wants and needs. Like it's a it's a fucking weird ending. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there has to be some sort of consequence to using the Dragon Balls frivolously. Otherwise, I'll be upset. Even if it's, even if you don't do the Shadow Dragons, just have them lose their power, and you need the Super Dragon Balls to wish them back again. Although I, maybe that takes a millennia for them to recharge. I don't know what the fucking, I don't remember what the lore on the Super Dragon Balls well, were. It's not as if they haven't cracked the nut of time travel. Yeah. Um, but you know, regardless, uh, that's that's that complaint. Uh, they also, you know, like fan servicey. Like I like the slice of life interaction. You know, it's kind of nice to see. Yes, the Piccolo all... like nose pans a uh, uh, teacher and picks you know picks him yeah. up from from uh, school every so yeah. often. This isn't yeah, the first they're, time they're he's in done a relationship this. there. You know, he's that's cool. just he's just the nanny at this point. So they, they brought into canon a lot of things. One of those things they brought into canon was the driving episode of Dragon Ball Z where Goku and Piccolo try to get their license, uh, which is a real episode mm-hmm. of Dragon Ball Z. It, and it, it has place. Piccolo wearing, like, 90s hip-hop uh, yes. where it's fucking amazing. Um, and they just absolutely suck at driving. And in in two in this in this one too, um, Piccolo cannot fly a plane using the controls very well. He he sucks ass at it. My head cannon is that he eventually would just give up and grab the entire plane by the steering column and just fly using his own force and carry it from inside the ship. Um, that's just my that's just my head cannon. Uh, also now canon is that uh, Dr. Giro and Android 21 were a couple and Android 16 is their progeny, which I believe is something that Team Four Star made up that is now officially recognized canon. Um, so one of those things yep. where the fans had a good idea and they're like, oh yeah, 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 that, that was it all along. No, don't don't think too hard about it. Um, <laughs> another point of order, uh, ultimate Gohan as the parlance goes is not a transformation. That is just 
who he is after the Elder Kai unlocks yet more of his latent power. Um, mm-hmm. So that that bugged right. me a little bit. So That's those fair. those are the minor the canon realignments and whatnot. <clears throat> but we'll, we'll actually talk about the real movie uh, antagonists for this movie. Pretty weak. Yeah, I mean the fact that the all the antagonists which, of the which movie one? you only had to pull the, <laughs> like the second stringers out uh, from the uh, the Z fighter bench um, tells you a lot. <laughs> Well, like, I think I think technically Cell Max is, you know, a uh like brawlier Jiren level threat. Yeah, they put some lip service on that and said, you know, maybe even Goku couldn't have beaten him if he yeah. if we didn't know about that weak spot on his head. So and they, they think, at least said that to yeah. um kind of at least try and put some context in. But gamma yeah. one, gamma two. Um could have done were. without them. I I didn't mind them too much. Um, they added like a little bit of like kind of uh, levity yeah. to the well, game of two at least. Um, yeah, uh, antagonist. Uh, the, yeah, they did definitely have their different personalities. Um, and you know, it kind of made me like Gamma two to the point where oh yeah, he may be trying to kill the the main characters, but he's like kind of a likable character. So like, but. When he did do the whole self-sacrifice thing, you know, you do feel a little bad for them. But I don't know how how close I grew in the how 20 minutes that we actually got of screen time right. with him. Like, we actually don't get, I feel like, that much screen time Which with why. the villains. And I don't know 100% if they did that great of a job doing yeah. it. And it's it's is, that's kind of why I thought they were going to get absorbed into the cell max at the end there because I'm like okay they're following the super android thirteen playbook where uh, you know androids fifteen and fourteen aren't much of anything and their their main purpose mm-hmm. is to be the uh, the first wave that the Z fighters encounter and then get absorbed to make the the final villain even more powerful and i thought that's what they were going to do with this they didn't do that and cell max in (laughs) general him just being like a raging monster like a a, a fucking high cell could have been so much i mean and they even admit that themselves is like he's he's undercooked by dr hedo's own i know yeah that doesn't make it more satisfying that that's because the story said it was like they didn't have to do yeah. that mm-hmm. like they they could have just as easily been like oh no like he's ready to go but I I'm putting final and touches you on have him done and so much with like the childhood trauma of Gohan having you know fought Cell the OG yep yeah I did like where, a lot of like, untapped narrative we did not get there. <laughs> I I feel like Gohan just saw him and was like, "Dad, get it's killing time again." And oh, like here I that's go, like all it again. was. It was Oh, I can't. Yeah, I, I had to drop my glasses when I went <laughs> Super Saiyan. Uh, and I even nod to that. So do you like get better eyesight when you go Super Saiyan? 
Mm-hmm. They uh, they nod to the how he grows up the because they put in Goten um, and Trunks and in here. Like, oh, oh, they're older and, now. They aged up. Uh, yeah, it happens. They aged up and they they age up fast though. Saiyans uh, have a which growth I guess spurt. like that's how they get. I don't know I mean, that in, there's in terms of when Goku be- himself became a teen. Like he was away for like a year and he came back and he's like, I'm a teenager now. But Gohan kind of grew twice. Right, so he's like mm-hmm. little little kid, up until they go into the hyperbolic time chamber for actually no the the fucking three year time skip with the androids I think is when he kind of reaches that height or maybe it's after the hyperbolic time chamber. But then he's he's yeah. teen Gohan even though he's eleven, um, mm-hmm. and then at the start of the Boo saga he's he's grown again. Grown Han, yeah. Um, but yeah, Trunks, grow, grow uh, Trunks on and me. Goten were in here, and you know the fact that they were grown up was cool. And I was like, "Are we going to finally get to see what grown up Gotenks looks like?" Uh, answer is no. They decided that that was the the prime spot for comic relief. Yeah, that was kind of mid. I was mm-hmm. I was not thrilled about that. And it's they tease like... it at the very end of the movie too. Like you see them pull off the Doing it, yeah. dance and you're like, okay, are we going to finally see it? Nope. We're just going to keep the camera on pan and she's going to fly off into the sunset. Yep. Uh, Cause that's her arc. She learns how to fly and didn't even leave that for a post credit scene too. the post credit scene. Well, uh, I don't know. Apparently some people really liked the it. Post credit scene. I forget. Yeah, We didn't stay for her. We didn't know Shit. there was one. Oh, um, it was Goku and Vegeta continuing their fight and um, they both go in to punch each other slowly because they're exhausted and uh, Vegeta hits him a little bit harder and is able to stand and Goku falls over oh. and he's like, fine, you win. So Vegeta finally won. Oh, great. Goku. I'm glad they put that in the post credits. Um, oh, I mean, Goku was sandbagging, but Vegeta did win their second fight as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there for what it's I don't worth, know if that's the first time he's that, won or what. I will not even call it a a side story. It was just a narrative cul-de-sac to explain why they weren't coming to Earth for this shit and to give everyone, hey, go, hey guys, Goku and Vegeta, they're in the movie. They're here. Here's what they're up to. Now yeah. that you've seen them, move this way, right this way, back to our main attraction. Um. That was um, so. I have to say that was um, yeah. one to Kurt's point. That was the whole point of that scene was that Vegeta was also training mentally so that he can get ready for the next arc of the show. I'm assuming, um, but more on a practical level, this was. The, I think this was the first scene of this movie that they made because it looks like the first scene <laughs> that they made. Um, it is. At least to my eyes, it was not as of high quality as the rest of the movie. Um, and it makes sense that they would make this the first scene because it's a it's a generic fight scene between Goku and Vegeta. And it doesn't have to have consequences for the rest of the movie. It's a good just makes for a good demo of making an entire movie in in the 3G style. OK, what you got, Jake? Uh, so I'm going through some of the trivia. Um and there's a comment. Is this, this? I feel like this is wrong. The movie takes place a year before the ending of Dragon Ball Z. 
since Pan is four at so, the moment. If you do the timeline the movie, math, yeah. she's three years old. Technically, all of Dragon Ball Super takes place in the time skip window of the last episode of Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Oh, really? Which is why it's the longer Super goes on for, the more problems the harder it, it gets to like reconcile that. So either they have oh. to redo that scene and like run through it, or they have to retcon it. Um, Which I mean, they've done enough retconning at this point that I'm sure they'll just like oh. try to slip in. <laughs> reanimated version of that. So you know how Broly so Broly was the spa- was the latest space movie. This one was the latest Androids movie. So we got another Majin Boo movie co- or Mystic movie was, coming up. We're going to get the Oob way, movie. Yeah. We're going to get the <laughs> Oob movie. Where he they introduce Oob into the roster again and they do they use that part of Dragon Ball Z as the springboard to just continue doing super from there. That would be, that would be a massive. Well, I mean, you know what? I can see it though because they've kind of been using these movies to like retcon things. You know, you had, well, it's not necessarily a retcon, but you got to see Planet Vegeta, like, and Bardock before mm-hmm. uh, Frieza destroyed it. Yeah, and then you know the what they've done with Doctor Giro's family tree in this this movie. Yeah, I could I could see them just introducing Oob and like being like, yeah, that last episode of Dragon Ball Z, what about it? I can't find it. You can't prove it exists. Um, They'll say, and- oh, Oob showed up at the world tournament, you know, like you know, last year, off screen. Or yeah, they could they could do something like that where it's like, yeah, we went to the world tournament and we found Oob, and now we've reconciled the closure of Dragon Ball Z. Full steam ahead. <laughs> the cannon awaits. <laughs> um, yeah, but like we we've touched on on you know the a lot of the things in this movie kind of in a, in a scattershot manner. Um, there were two new transformations that showed up in this movie uh, for yeah. no other reason than they wanted new transformations in the movie. And there are a couple. Uh, characters that haven't gotten them in a while, so we get we get Thickolo. Yeah, Piccolo turns he's, orange. And, he doesn't have uh, a good name for it because he's Piccolo, and so he, he just turns like, into I'm a kaiju. Piccolo. He turns into handsome Squidward and, gets... and uh, just kind of <laughs> get gets thicker. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know how much of a power boost it is exactly. Um, but, but it doesn't matter because now he can do a transformation sequence during the fights, which is the most important part of this. Whatever he is, the Gohan transformation was fucking crazy yeah. strong, which, uh, I mean, it's classic right. Dragon Ball Immediately fashion. Immediately go from but wimp to no cell. Two fucking... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, two fucking issues. One, he goes from like... Having completely no class against Cell Max to fucking obliterating him, like holding his punch and manhandling him like a baby the, bitch uh, boy. Yeah, and then and then he does two things well, it's and it's a over. lot like he like has a flurry and then goes. Bzz. I mean that is a lot like how it went down when he first hit Super Saiyan two against the original Cell. You know he was getting fucking beaten from pillar to post, and then. You know, he made sell his bitch, 
shortly thereafter too. Yep. Um, um, and he was a little reckless with it, but it is it is kind of interesting because I think, you know, I, I I racked my head for for a counterexample, and I guess, um, the only other time that Gohan ever saw like directly a friend fall in battle was when Piccolo took the shot from Nappa. Yeah, way back in, in so like, Arc. It, it yeah. It's believable to me that, you know, having to see that, especially now that they're, his and Piccolo's relationship is so much older and so much deeper, that that would be, like, the catalyst for him finally unlocking everything that was, you know latent inside of him like you know when goku saw krillin die at frieza's hands that was you know the catalyst for him becoming original super saiyan so i like mm-hmm. that aspect of it's fine the aesthetics of the form felt fucking dragon ball af fan art levels for me yep. um it, i i feel like if you dig deep enough into the archives of youtube of People who would do like the top next fifty Super Saiyans of Goku, you'll find one that is long, okay. gray hair, red eyes. Goku. That was yeah. that was popular I fan art of Super it. Saiyan Five. Um, so I'll I'll try to find find an image for you boys. Um, but there Bring was this thing up, called Dragon Ball AF that was never real it was just as far as i'm aware a collection of like fan pictures um mm-hmm. for the you know they want for furry the sequel, goku back so hard and it's not gonna happen to uh uh gt that that never was um yeah that um so yeah is that sort of thing so like basically the form is the gray hair like ultra instinct uh, with the Super Saiyan 2 hairstyle, maybe a little bit taller, uh, of Teen Gohan. And uh, incredible amount of, of power boosting um, to the point where, you know, they kind of pay lip service to the fact that he might be stronger than Goku now. Um, we'll see how that turns out. I mean, it just it gives them another... Yet another super strong god, literal god tier fighter to mm-hmm. uh, deal with any threat that might possibly yeah. present itself, which and makes again, it harder to yeah. make a viable threat. Yeah. Which they kind of alluded to in the beginning that, it's like, a... there are still, like, existential threats out there with uh, the fact that there are the other gods. Yeah. I, around I feel that like that's like, kind of the end game here. Is that they're gonna have to like take on the gods of destruction? I mean, that's gotta mm. be the end game, right? Because there's really I think no. During other... the tournament of power, there was some like, there was some like intimations or like behind the scenes of like, oh no, Jiren's gonna like he's gonna hit like or you know Vegeta, or the you know the top guys are like they're gonna hit god level. I, we there's this guy we've been training who's gotten to god level and he's poised to be the the next one. Which how fuck does that work? But um, there, they did kind of put those those crumbs out there of like some of the gods might want to do evil shit against the other gods. Yeah. So I mean, um, like, there's definitely you can always come up with something, like you know, with with the creative mm-hmm. people that they have. 
they they prefer to recycle ideas like with this android thing but um and mm-hmm. apparently in the manga uh frieza once again is gonna be the antagonist he's got a new form <laughs> yeah, yeah black frieza um but you know it it is what it is like i i enjoy these still as like yeah. event pictures i'm gonna keep going to them the long-term the viability of yeah. the Dragon Ball franchise is no longer my chief concern. I, I'm perfectly happy with just having Dragon Ball Z in my life. Um, Super was a bonus. Mm-hmm. It hasn't always been great, but um, I still enjoy watching it, and I'll definitely be there for the next one. Uh, hopefully, it's a little, little more focused on on the main arc and. Hopefully, maybe this is leading finally to new episodes of the Super Anime. Um, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. And um, I I am out of things to say about this movie. If you guys yeah. have anything I'll, else to say, I'll, we didn't we didn't really talk about the side characters or anyone who wasn't the Z fighters or the the androids. Um, so I'll make a I'll make a mention of them here. Um, Doctor Hedo is fine that was a funny joke because he liked the oreos um that was great um yeah. magenta right that was the that was the leader of the red red army who was that yes correct that was red's uh and, grandson and his buddy carmine carmine was great i do carmine. i do also appreciate yeah. that how the red ribbon army continued to fund itself was by being big pharma yeah yeah, that was fantastic. And how like the the background in comparison, Capsule Corp, they're just treating her like fucking Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. <laughs> the the car with the 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 dome on that the top was, and for his hair, that was fantastic. Love that. I do like. Um, I kind of I did like in terms of just like little world building details. Um, how when they were dri- like when they're driving into the city, like that's kind of a part of. <laughs> It's just it's such a small thing, but like the outskirts of a Dragon Ball Z bubble city is something you don't really see. Like the suburbs, the Dragon Ball suburbs are not a thing that shows up. It's either they're in the mountains or they're in the city streets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one. There is no Dragon Ball cul-de-sacs. I was glad to. <laughs> I was. I was just happy to see that. Um, fucking. Uh, Namekian poop jokes. That was that was great. It was a fun time. Um, yeah, the Funimation Bulma definitely <laughs> is taking dub notes from uh, the Team Four Star guys. I feel. Yep. This is an article um, about it. Blatant fucking Bulma cheese shot. Like, fucking oh yeah, weird, that weirdly and, horny. Um, like the movie is like weirdly horny. Um. There's a little weirdly horny part with, uh, especially with uh, there's that what's her stupid name? shot. The, yeah, chi- the oh alien. yeah, the where Beerus is now being shipped with Chilai. Yeah, Chilai Beerus ship is. They've been on some forums. Oh yeah, no, I, I could feel the, the waves of Rule Thirty Four coming off of it as soon yeah, as I saw we, that fucking. We we determined that it was like the the Rule Thirty Four Big Bang, and now an ever expanding universe of rule 34 content is is been birth mm-hmm. yeah um it also and if we're, while we're talking about lowering stakes right this lowers beerus even kind of further where he's he's gotten the dra- the dragon ball assimilation is nearly complete 
where now that he's essentially on the Z Fighters team, um, he's he's mellowed the fuck out. Yeah. Because um, I, I remember when he first appeared, and like all DBZ villains who get... Um, who end up on the roster, <laughs> who end up on the bench. Um, he was like super serious and a, and very, very threat. That was, was not, not a good time. And now he's like, I'm going to eat some fucking ramen and, <laughs> and pinch some cheeks. Um, yeah, somebody already made some fan art. Oh, you, you didn't trust. You didn't trust the internet. You had to look it up, Jake. Um, <laughs> I wanted to see. Oh, inquiring minds would like to know. Shit. Um, I feel like they squandered the Android thing. Like Android eighteen just like looks at them and is like, "Oh, those are the other androids." Wow. Um, time to time to fucking banter on Krillin some. Oh, we. I should mention again, Solar Flare, best utility move. In all of Dragon Ball, really yeah. MVP yeah. for for dozens of years. Fucking, really, kind of the only utility move. Everything else is yeah. a blast. I want to see Krillin's like assist rate Are for you... Dragon Ball. Like he's not scored, but he will set up the cross. Jake, I need <laughs> I need to I need to rewind a little bit. The only utility move I will not stand for this erasure of Piccolo's ability oh, yeah, to clothes materialize beam. clothes. They made dematerialized clothes, clothes apparently as well. Uh, oh, that's a. I didn't know that was an in combat a, move. I mean, it's Piccolo. <laughs> that the was fact also that Piccolo gets a, It's a cantrip, like, right? This is this is like what a cantrip is. <laughs> this is if we were to play, uh, yeah, D and D. This is Piccolo's cantrip. It's what's a, that? You know, cheap spell is whatever cantrip that just does a bunch of different shit, like transformation. No, it's the one that like, changes a smell or makes up beverages hot or cold. Oh, oh, um, it's just modal. <laughs> yeah, D, let me look up D and D best. I'll just look up best D and D cantrip. Oh uh, well, or we can can wrap up this nearly three yeah. hour show. <laughs> Um, thank no, you, thank you for about? tuning in to the Saturn Studs podcast. If you made it this far, um, why don't you you know rate rate the show on your podcasting app if it supports that? Um, there's been uh, a few questions internally, mostly about a potential return to streaming. Um, I I'm open to it. I think we've got the groundwork kind of laid for that i need to look into the the infrastructure and uh redesign some of our art assets because we might have a new logo coming in in the next few few weeks here uh, assuming we can can work with the the non-commissioned artist <laughs> to uh i don't think he'll get, care to get what we uh <laughs> what we need to to use it to its fullest ability but a new logo comes with new color scheme and i need to like redesign like things like stream layouts align all the assets yeah so that that'll mm -hmm. take some time and i still need to do masterpiece theater which um we're not gonna cancel but i think we greatly overestimated the amount of movies that would 
mm-hmm. qualify for that um, yeah. without you know eating away the IMDb review segment. So we've got we've got some things to figure out, but there's lots of stuff in the pipeline that we're we're working on uh, every time we have a chance. So uh, you want to check out soundstuds.com because that's going to be the place to go for all of that content when it arrives. And uh, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.